Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you to episode number 22 of the Primetime Rundown right here on the Eastern Observer. We cannot thank you enough for joining us here this Friday evening, April 17th, alongside, I can officially say it, alongside my two guys, Nick Partain and Tyler Adele. I'm Joey Jarzinka, and uh, we were just talking off camera about, uh, about Tyler making a grand entrance, but, uh, but unfortunately that... Uh, that that couldn't work. Otherwise, he would have probably, he would have probably uh, turned blue while waiting. Yeah, I'm choking right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so we're so again. We cannot thank you all enough for being on here on YouTube. Uh, really, really good show ahead. We have the NFL draft uh, coming up next week. Um, there's there's going to be a lot to to talk about the rest of the time. Uh, Tyler, talk about a. Uh, talk about your uh you being a part of this officially now you you are now uh, one of us and i think and i think it is made official with the banner and and do not discredit nick because that kitchen is absolutely gorgeous with the pro- <laughs> that is that is the perfect the perfect right uh, yes right. it is yeah, i mean uh don't worry you know, he's gonna get one too ladies and gentlemen yeah obviously i wanted to commit to this uh back when we started up uh around last july over the summer uh things had obviously come up and i wasn't able to give you the full commitment that i would have wanted to but now that things have changed and i can be here i'm very happy to be here and soon take your job there we go so it's gonna be yeah exactly so as he's uh, as he's drinking a coke can we are not sponsored by them or getting paid by them by any means so uh yeah so so that's that's great not only are you going to be taking my job you're also going to be taking whatever money i have in my piggy bank because that's a uh, copyright uh so now let's let's get things started uh with the first five picks of the nfl draft haha <laughs> just kidding tyler i did tell you that we're not going to discuss that now but the biggest thing right now that's going on here that i do want want to land um i want to land on um is the running back market and nick you and i have had that discussion multiple times before where the running back market um you can pick up running backs off the street and it's very evident where you're going to see players such as devonta freeman who at one point was a top tier running back potentially top 10 in the league uh, even at times, I think just two years ago, top five even, uh, LaShawn McCoy, Chris Thompson, Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde, Theo Riddick, who was uh, the, the godsend for, for, uh, for PPR um, in fantasy football. And also, don't forget, most likely future Hall of Famer Frank Gore is also still out on the market. Nick, talk about, obviously, the, the impact that any running back coming out of college this year, especially in a historical wide receiver draft how these guys could just be pushed all the way to the back burner well yeah like you said receivers are the ones getting the most attention plus there being a lot of free agent running backs available the problem is most of the guys you mentioned that are free agents have injury concern and with the inability to have medical testing on these guys it makes it very difficult for those guys to get jobs so running backs might get bumped up a little more than you think because nobody wants to take risks on some of these free agents and they're going to need you know, depth of running back we've seen every year. Teams need three or four to help in every type of situation. Guys get hurt, things like that. So while the running back market isn't getting the attention and it's not as deep or as talented, there are still going to be a couple of names that make big impacts early on. Uh, DeAndre Swift might be a first-round pick. J.K. Dobbins is borderline first, second round. So there is talent there in the market. But we've seen so many times uh, these conversations that we've had that 
the third and fourth round picks that nobody's ever heard of are the ones that end up making incredible impacts out of nowhere over and over again. The Alvin Kamara's of the world, the going back Matt Forte, guys like that that drop a little bit and aren't in the spotlight end up having these huge roles on good teams because they're valuable later on. Because as you've seen, running backs are such a product of the environment around them. A good line, a good scheme, good receiving ability, all these things can make even a mediocre talent look really good in a good system. Right, and the same thing goes with uh, with – you know, do 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 teams want to take a chance like how the Green Bay Packers did years ago with Eddie Lacy? You see how well that turned out, and that was an absolute dumpster fire, uh, to say the least. Um, you know, you got you obviously you have a Saquon Barkley who is obviously a freak of nature. You have Ezekiel Elliott who is another freak of nature. But those guys, they thought that that Eddie Lacy would be a part of that conversation. And they failed miserably because I don't even know if he could sell car insurance right now. Um, it, it, it's it, it's sad, honestly. It, it's sad, but uh, that's why you know. And, and you spoke about J.K. Dobbins too. He was uh, a star running back, one of the best running backs. Um, you know, obviously Zeke, you know, up there. But I'm talking about like in the top five in Ohio State history. Um, he, he's he's up there, and uh, you know, it's. It's annoying because you look at, like I said, maybe there might be, yeah, the injury risk or, you know, because the wide receiver, uh, the, the historical impact that this wide receiver, I guess, class could have, maybe a team that would be susceptible to taking a running back in the third or fourth round might say, you know what, I'm just going to go with, with, another, with another wide receiver because, or, a, or a different position because, well, even though that we have – these guys, the aforementioned Freeman, the McCoys of the world, Thompsons. Well, there are a lot of good players out there like these guys, yes, with an injury history, but still could get the job done. And you saw it just, and I don't, again, I don't want to gloat, but just a few years ago when the Eagles picked up LeGarrette Blunt, and he was a one-year wonder, well, not one-year wonder because he, he won the Super Bowl with the Patriots the year before, but just that one pickup could be a game changer and you don't know if these guys could be so that's what I'm saying do do they really want to risk a guy and I'm not saying Dobbins because Dobbins is definitely a, a a second or third or maybe even first round talent but would someone want to take that risk if they don't you know if they need like a second or third running back probably not if it's a second or third running back if you're going to draft a guy like Swift or Dobbins are looking for a franchise back who can carry the load that you're going to basically run into the ground over the next couple of years while they're still cheap. That's basically what it's become with running backs is that use them while they're young, while they still have their legs under them and give them everything they've got in their prime because running back prime is really day of draft to like three or four years down the road. It's not the same as other players where they can hit their peaks at 26, 27. These guys are peaked now. Yeah. It's not going to be a team that has depth at running back. Right. And like you said, with the receiver draft being so rich, teams near the end of the first round that might be considering a running back might see a more value in a stud wide receiver that wouldn't normally get to them at the end of the first round. But this year, because of the crop might be a better value for them. You Tyler, you, uh, you got it. You got you, All right. And, and this is, and this is something else here. Listen, man, you're, man. you're, you're get you're, you're gonna, you're going to get the, the rookie hazing. Let me tell you this. Okay. When Nick is done talking, every all three of us are supposed to chime in. This is a radio show. Chime in. Interrupt us. Yell at us. I agree with what he's saying. I'm not going to interrupt him. 
All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, well, you could, you, you could, if you want, listen, if you want to, if you want to try and take my job, you have to try and be like Stephen A. Smith a little bit. Well, well, I, I mean, I make Stephen A. Smith look like a rookie, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things again, you know, this uh, running backs aren't uh, rich to a team as they used to, and, you know, unless you're, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old coming straight out of the draft where they know they can use you until you're 30. Uh, so, got and you know, like just as an example, sake like a guy like Devonta Freeman, uh, who's still a free agent right now, he he, he had his own kind of, uh, I, I guess, reasoning for, I, I guess, being a free agent as long as he is, and or staying a free agent. Yeah, injury uh, history, exactly yeah, what very, Nick said. Yeah, very big uh, injury history with uh, his concussions and any other thing that may have burdened him. Um, but it's one of those things again where you, running backs are a dime a dozen right now. You know, it's like you when you look at the Texans, they you know they took in that absurd David Johnson contract, but they lost both Lamar Miller and, if I'm correct, Carlos Hyde in the process. So they lost uh, yeah. two of their running backs. Yeah, Hyde was a free agent. So yeah. Well, I, yeah, you know what I mean. But it was like there, these they can be replaced like that. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's. And the crazy part too, also, is is that you look at a team where you saw last year. Uh, Kenyon Drake, for instance, where you have a, in, or from what you'd figure is an up and coming running back and one that, you know, really was, was the lead back uh, once, I think just, uh, who, who was it that was, was he traded from the Dolphins? I don't remember exactly in front of Drake a year, two they years died. ago. Right, yeah, J- my goodness, that's that's terrible. Jay Ajayi, of course. When Jay Ajayi, yeah, exactly, and, and he was on the Eagles Super Bowl team as well. And and he's gone too. He, he's gone from the league as well. So you look at a guy like Jay Ajayi, and he was traded, and then you have someone who really, well, you don't know if this guy can make that next step. And Kenyon Drake did once he was traded to Arizona, which makes David Johnson expendable, but valuable to another team. And then, well, then that crosses the Texans off the list of in need of a running back. So that's why, as I'm seeing this more and more, Nick one, Joey zero, because this, we've had this for the last 20 episodes. And the last 20 episodes, I think at one point, Nick has said, that running backs are a dime a dozen, and they could be picked up like pennies off the ground. Didn't use that exact analogy, but that's that's my that's my piece. Obviously, the Panthers didn't listen to that. Uh, well, but you know what though? Again, Christian McCaffrey though is another one uh, that is that is cashing in. Um, but he's also he's also used like an Alvin Kamara type player as well. He's used. Uh, for screens, he's also used in the receiving game as well. Just signed a four-year deal. I believe it was worth about sixty-four million dollars, so it's about sixteen million per year. Nick, you're our math guy, as per usual. Um, I don't know the exact guaranteed value on it, but the uh, the Panthers or, or Christian McCaffrey rather uh, did cash in on that. And you also saw his uh, his girlfriend uh, Olivia Culpo um, celebrating on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, so that was uh, that was pretty cool. So yeah, so they got that. Um, also, something something very very tragic happened this past week. Uh, for for those that don't remember, 
but at one point, starting quarterback for the Vikings. Yeah, that's crazy. At one point, after Brett Favre, actually, uh, Tavares Jackson uh, passed away uh, tragically in a car crash. And, uh, and just like that, your life could be over. And he, uh, he backed up um, – he backed up Russell Wilson for, uh, I believe it was in Super Bowl 48. Uh, he backed him up, and uh, he was – I remember him as, a, as a, decent, a decent quarterback who was able to do a little bit here and there. He was able to come in when needed. Um, but uh, – and he was also with the Bills too, you know. Um, it's sad. Life just comes at you quick. Yeah, especially during a time where not as many people are driving, you wouldn't assume car accident would be so prevalent now. And it really is crazy to think of a guy who was just in the league. Like, he couldn't have been retired that long. He had the whole life ahead of him, kind of the same way Kobe Bryant did. Like, his real yeah. life is just starting now, and now it's over. Right, and, and, that's, and that's the biggest thing, too, is, is that you said it. And not when not many people are driving. And again, this is not, you know, this is not a, um, this is not a religious show by any means, but I will say this. And if it's your time, if it's your time, you're, you're heading up there. It's simple as that. You could be sitting here and you could have a massive coronary and it's over. That's it. It's, it's plain and simple. And this is, th these are words, these are words. What? Okay. Time out a minute. Time out a second. <laughs> Hold on a second. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me, let me just, let me just finish. Let me just finish my, my thought. Um, the three of us, the three of us can have, you know, whatever it is. Um, it could be a car accident. It could be a heart attack. It could be a show. It could be anything that's tragic, but maybe it's going to be one of the latter. That's true. That is true. But all joking aside, though, it really is the truth. It could be at any point exactly what Nick said. Not many people are are, are driving now, and um, it, it was just it was just his time to go. Um, breaking news here: six sixteen. Usually we do six thirty one, but we'll do six sixteen. Tyler put something around his uh, oh, his yeah. his soda can. I need to see this, and the viewers well, need I to mean, see he, this too. He gave me such a hard time for Jenny to get us in trouble by Coke, so I made sure that I specified this was not. <laughs> Wow, not a Coke. Okay, well, uh, well then I guess that this is not a uh, a draft cup from the 2012. Get that away. No one gets draft. That's all right. This was the year. This was actually the year that I uh, I met Roger Goodell. So if you're watching, my condolences. There we go. For Roger. Uh, right. Exactly. Um, so <laughs> back to again, just back to uh, Tavares Jackson. I want to just pull up uh, pull up his statistics. Um, Might not want to. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I definitely don't want to, but I think that the uh, you know just just in case, if I can if I can grab this here, um, he was a second round pick out of um, out of Alabama State. Uh, he was also he was also a, a coach at one point. Um, it looks as if that he uh, he took a graduate assistant role at Alabama State, and uh, and then he was named QB coach last year for Tennessee State. So. Uh, he wasn't he, he he wasn't selling car insurance after he was done. So um, so that's you know that's at least a positive. You're nice. staying in. The, say it again. Because he got a car accident, you're gonna make us selling car insurance. Honestly, that was that was terrible. That was my bad. You're a horrible human being. I thought I was a, a bad person. But. I'm sorry. Please, God, forgive me. I honestly that, that honestly just slipped out of my mouth. I didn't even I, I didn't even realize that. Um, but yeah. So so uh, 
uh, I do uh, our condolences from everyone at the Eastern Observer, the primetime rundown, Blackjack Media Networks, um, are with Tavares Jackson and his family. Um, now let's look to uh, the Motor City in Detroit. And uh, Damon Snacks Harrison, defensive tackle, uh, retired uh, a few a few weeks uh, months ago, rather right after the season ended. Uh, and there was rumors that he had uh, the back problems, the neck issues. But now apparently he was, quote, hellbent, end quote, um, on getting out of Detroit. Uh, with two years left on the deal, uh, fellas, Matt Patricia um, in, in New England, it worked. Uh, what's going on in Detroit? Everything. <laughs> I think it comes down to a new coach came in, wanted to use his own personnel. Harrison was already there. One of those things where he wasn't picked by Patricia. So he might have lost out some favor in the locker room, wasn't played as much, <clears throat> wasn't respected as a starter, maybe had to compete more than he thought he would. And all these things, it, we have, see this a lot with players when a new regime comes in, that either the coach-GM combo drives them out or the player themselves doesn't want to play for this next set of guys. I don't think it's wholly on indictment on Patricia. I mean, it could be. We don't know the exact details. But it could very well be that a new regime came in and didn't want him there, and he just kind of felt that and decided to take it upon himself. But the problem also is is that you're getting guys, and you're getting – and I'm not saying that Darius Slay is a superstar, but in Detroit he was, and he was the, he was the anchor of that defense. Uh, he came out publicly when he, uh, when he was traded to Philadelphia, and he said also uh, that in, in Detroit it just it wasn't a good – it wasn't good. Um, so even though he wants his own personnel, yeah, he traded for Jerron Harmon, uh, now, um, he's, he's again, getting guys. I think Jamie Collins side signed there as well. Um, so, uh, in free agency, that Trey is flowers last year too. Right. Exactly. So there's, so there's just a lot of these, he's trying to bring in the Patriot way into Detroit. And a lot of these players are not having it. Um, Tyler, your thoughts. Your thoughts on uh, on Detroit? Well, first off, Detroit as a whole, um, but really yeah, the Lions. Detroit as a whole has been an absolute dumpster fire for right. as long as I can remember. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, 60 seasons of professional football for the franchise's history, only 12 playoff appearances. Yeah. You know, the, the, last, only, the last only being in 2016, but still it's – it's a team that probably shouldn't have made the playoffs to begin with. Right. And yeah. not only that, too, we also remember that they got bounced uh, in the Superdome by, uh, by New Orleans. And I remember that there was also – there was a, there was a tie break. Sorry? 2016, they were bounced by Seattle in the wild card. Uh, then, uh, then, sorry, then the year before – I think it was the year before, two years prior, um, was, uh, was at the Superdome. And they got, and they got bounced real quick. Um, yeah. But, I, but I go mean, on. Yeah. Detroit's uh, – They've been a problem for a very long time. Uh, they, it doesn't. It seems no matter what they do, they just can't get out of their own way. Uh, and like I mean, you know, losing, uh, you know, having Calvin Johnson retire as early as he did with only eight seasons played, definitely, uh, I would say, threw a curveball in their offense a little bit. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Um, you know, that definitely sets them back a little bit. Um, it's just. For a team, and you know, you've, we've seen it in all sports where it's, when a team just isn't meshing and no one can get on the same page, no matter what they do, no matter where their draft spot, they can have the number one pick all every year, they can have 30 seconds. It's just never going to get better without. I, I, I don't even know how you would get them all to be on the same page at this point. It's you, you know, you've tried new coaches, you've tried 
new players. You know, the only constant they've had on that team since 2009 is Matt Stafford. And I kind of refuse to believe that he's the problem there. I mean, he's still putting up fairly decent numbers with garbage. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where they're just not giving him the talent around – they're not putting the talent around Matt Stafford to succeed there. You know? Well, that's uh, well, and and that's and that's also another thing too is that you look at their roster and you see guys like and and they, these these are not household names that they have on on this team. Uh, Carry on Johnson. Um, they drafted Bo Scarborough uh, from Alabama. Uh, they just signed uh, from the Green Bay Packers Geronimo Allison to be uh, to be alongside uh, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. Don't forget him. Um, really on paper. The Lions have a solid foursome of wide receivers. Um, like I said, Marvin Jones, uh, even, like I said, Galladay, uh, Am- Danny Amendola. Um, and then exactly what we were talking about earlier, Trey Flowers, Deshaun Hand, Danny Shelton, Jonathan Wynn, Jamie Collins, um, the, uh, Deron Harmon, the list, the list goes on with these. Oh, and actually they did sign Desmond Trufant, uh, which is like, you know, one of those, one of those pick me ups from, from Atlanta when he was uh, released. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on there. Um, and uh, it, it might not be good. And we may not see another, uh, another win in Detroit or another winning season in Detroit for a very long time. It's been, it's been a while. I don't even know when the last time they won a playoff game was. I think it was before we were born. Um, like, I think it was like 20, 20 years ago, I think at the, at the, at the earliest, very earliest. Um, and also, and don't forget also their, um, their, uh, they have not, they, they've never won uh, a Super Bowl. They've been in, they've been in the league since 1934. Uh, and they've only had in, since 1999 three playoff appearances um, and 17 total playoff appearances. It's really, really sad. Um, and in that year, that Tyler, you were saying, uh, Seattle uh, bounced Detroit 26 to six. Um, not not a good thing if you are um, the Ford family and um, yeah. So it's one of well, at this point, you kind of look at the whole thing, and you're, you know, if it was one, if it was one of you two, what, what would even be the first step in trying to fix anything? I mean, they tried. They took on an up and coming coordinator. They fired a coach who had been there for a while that people liked that had had some success in playoff appearances. They finally moved on from him after a couple of disappointing seasons. Um, you try changing the regimes a couple of times. It's really all you can do. The owners seem like good people. It seems like a decent organization. They have a quarterback, like you said. Stafford has never been the problem, ever. He's a yeah, no. solid, if not spectacular, quarterback. This past year, he got hurt halfway through the year. He was playing amazing football, and they were, like, borderline decent. They just have to get everything pulling in the same direction. I feel like the years that their offense is cooking, their defense isn't great. The years their defense is great, their offense isn't great. Special teams is a problem. They have so many heartbreaking losses over the years. We've seen Aaron Rodgers hit him with a Hail Mary. We've seen so many last second or fourth quarter collapses. They just have to get over the hump. They have to get everything going at once. And they need yeah, some and, you know, to be honest. And a division that's been sides of the brutal, ball, too. Half and half one year. They still have it. You can still get a nine second, nine and seven, ten and six record out of the team. But they've never just had okay years at the same time on either side of the ball. I mean, you see plenty of times where – you know, perfect example, the Giants back in 2008, they had an okay year on both sides of the ball and somehow managed to win a Super Bowl. 
you know, so it's you, you don't have to be complete all stars on either end of the ball to get something going. And that's one thing that Detroit has absolutely been lacking in, uh, I don't know, the, the last time they were probably good was uh, Abe Lincoln might have been around. But, yeah, so, uh, and, 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 yeah. You, and, and you say that too, uh, Nick, where, where Matthew Stafford was really having a, fanta- uh, a fantastic year. In eight games played last year, he had, and, and don't laugh, but he did have a 106 quarterback rating, but – he was two touchdowns shy from his high in 2018 where he played a full 16 games. He had 21 touchdowns, 11 picks. In 2019, in only eight games played, he had 19 touchdowns and five interceptions. He was going on to have, I mean, I don't think it was going to be a 2011 year where he had a career-high 41 touchdowns, but I think it would have been. He in the, could have came close. It could have been in the 30s, where he could, have, where he he had he eclipsed 30, where he had 32 in 2015 in 16 games. Uh, he had a uh, a career high a career high in uh, completion percentage, 67.2 that year. So, um, it, it's you're right. It's not Stafford. It it's maybe it's the players. Maybe it's the the the, the meshing with the the Patriot way and the the original foundation that was that was laid in Detroit, um, you know, by guys like Jim Schwartz, Jim Caldwell, um, you know, these guys that are now coordinators and out of the league, respectively. Um, it just it's not it's not working. Uh, yeah, in Detroit. Know, take into account the fact that you know going into eight games last year, he had would you say nineteen touchdowns and five interceptions? Yeah. You take the other eight games and. You know, you match that, and he's got what thirty-eight touchdowns and ten interceptions. That could have been enough to get something. They, I don't want to say it would have gotten them into the playoffs. It definitely would have helped their case. But you know, in a way, it's kind of maybe a good thing that they right now, because right now they they need to build. If they're going to keep Matt Patricia around, and he's the long-term answer for this team, they're going to want to draft these guys and build them in the Matt Patricia system. Yeah, they need their defense to get back to where it was. They had a decent defense a couple of years ago. They have an offense. We saw Stafford succeed. We just named all the receivers, the running back, Carryon Johnson and Bo Scarborough, both young guys. The offensive line is decent. You got to get the defense fixed. Their secondary now is really barren right now. You traded Darius Slay. You traded Quandre Diggs during last season. You have a top three pick. They are very, very likely candidate to trade down and amass more picks. You need to get some impact players for your secondary so you can stop the bleeding when Stafford's putting up these numbers. But like I mentioned before, I didn't get to really expand on, their division has been brutal this whole time. Yeah. Because every year, either Green Bay, Chicago, or Minnesota is great. Every single year. And often it's two of those teams are playoff teams. So for Detroit to be able to get out of that division into the playoffs, is no small feat. They can't be a mediocre team and expect to make the playoffs. You need to go out and win 10, 11 games to have a shot. Even then you're going to be fighting. So – they need to absolutely get things going 100% correctly for this to work out. Yeah, that's another thing they need to really take that needs to be considered is the division they play in. That is a that's an extremely tough division. When Aaron Rodgers is on his game, Green Bay can't be touched. You know, the Vikings are starting to become a consistent team up there in that division with them. Yeah, and Chicago is again, they're also starting to come back into their own. So Detroit you know, the way it looks right now would almost seem as if without without a division realignment, Detroit's screwed in that division. But they, they've they shown plenty of times, especially when they're playing the division games, when they were at their worst or at their best, they can still hang with these teams. 
They beat Minnesota twice last year somehow. They did. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and the way and and go, go ahead, Tyler. No, I'm pretty sure that was two of their three wins against Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, and you and Nick brought up Nick brought up Minnesota. And that's kind of actually where I want to segue into. Um, there was there was a tweet by Charles Robinson, uh, Yahoo's NFL sports writer, um, that he tweeted about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. being shopped by the Browns and uh, and potentially traded uh, to the Minnesota Vikings uh, for it looked like I think it was a second round pick and a third round pick. Uh, apparently that was completely false. Um, and he heard a few things there. Um, but the reason why I want to bring this up is because we do have about, uh, 10 minutes here, uh, until, until our, uh, our new, our new special, uh, the WWE raw special, uh, WWE SmackDown. Um, yeah, we're going to be debuting yeah. the show name for you too. So get ready. Right, exactly. So yeah, so, so, so that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun in about ten minutes. But something that I do want to bring up here, um, just just a few. And, and again, I don't want to make this about me, but this this has to be said here to those aspiring journalists that are out there. Um, so I am one of those aspiring journalists. But this is something that also Jay Glazer did a couple of days ago that kind of irked me. And I want to hear Nick's um, I want to hear Nick's thoughts about this because I know Nick is very vocal. Uh, on Twitter about certain things. Um, Tyler as well. Oh, well, Tyler looks not as vocal as Nick, but I want to hear, and I didn't see Nick uh, say anything about it. So I want to hear it from, from the man himself. Um, so if, for those that don't know, uh, again, as we did say, there was the rumor with Odell Beckham Jr. being traded to Minnesota. Um, that was wrong. Uh, but then also just a few days ago, Jay Glazer had said, had come out publicly and said uh, that we have breaking news in the NFL that could be, um, you know, like, like one of those Woj, you know, Wojnowski bombs. Okay. Um, and this would impact the NFL humongous. Now, the reason or that tweet that he had posted was about the LA Rams center, Brian Allen, contracting the coronavirus. Um, as an aspiring reporter and for Tyler that wants to take over my job, don't ever do that. Going to take over don't your job. ever do that um, because I see both sides of it. And the one side of it is, is that this is a humongous story that could potentially be, I don't want to say career opening, but for a Jay Glazer who has the credibility of being, first off, he's on Fox Sports every Sunday during football season. He's also made cameo appearances on HBO's Ballers in throughout all six seasons while it was on the air with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, and him being the reporter that he is, he's very good at what he does. Now, for it to be, to hype it up for something like this is disgusting. In the midst of a coronavirus or pandemic that we are in, I don't care what it is, you keep your mouth shut until you want to release it and you make sure that your sources are correct. You do not go out there and say that this is humongous because people were thinking it was a massive trade. People were thinking it was a massive signing. They don't know. But to have the bombshell of that 
and to, to tweet it out the day before that this is big news. Yes, it is big news, but it's not tweet the day before worthy. Back to my point with Charles Robinson. You need to trust your sources. You need to make sure that the, 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 the credibility of these people are, are on the up and up and that these ideas or, or, or the information that you get sounds legit, you're confirming it with other people and you're not just tweeting out trash. And I will tell you this, and Nick has sent me stuff on, YouTube, on, uh, on Yahoo uh, NFL stuff and just Yahoo Sports in general. It is hilarious that the stuff that they put up. But I can almost guarantee you, if someone else or from the official U Yahoo NFL account who has a contract with the NFL, something like this can damage your career. And something of this magnitude with a player like Odell Beckham on a team that needs, not only needs a full re restart and just an implosion of a franchise in the Browns, but also a team in the Vikings who also technically needs a number one slash two wide receiver. Yes, you have Adam Thielen, but okay, he needs someone else on the other side. And this would be humongous. Nick, I, I want to hear your thought about, uh, about the, the Jay Glazer uh, thing. And I, and I know, and I know that, you know, you're not, you're not in the media. So, you know, there's certain things, you know, but you're, you're very understandable with a lot of this stuff that I see. Yeah, I totally agree that it was unprofessional what he did. I missed all of this when it was going on live on Twitter. I never ended up seeing any of his tweets or understanding what was going on until days later when I finally read like what was actually happening. It was your yeah. original tax day, of course. Right. Yeah, I have nothing to do with that. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, so um, it's unprofessional to hype up bad news. Like that's, you don't do that. You don't create buzz about something that's going to come out that's going to hurt somebody's reputation. That's not going to be something people are happy about. You don't do that. If it's a trade or something, of course, sure. But when it comes to somebody's health, that's really not something you should be doing. Um, as you were talking about, Jay Glazer is excellent. I've seen him break a lot of things. He's very on top of rumors and things like that. So it's very uncharacteristic for him to make such a massive ball like this. I believe he's come out and apologized and everything. But, yeah, this was a mistake. You can't do that. That's absolutely despicable. That's, he better be really sorry. I hope he apologized not only to the media but to the center himself creating that kind of hype around something that doesn't deserve it. Yeah. And, 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 and Tyler, I, I want, I, I want you to, uh, I want you to, um, to touch upon this, but I do want to say this today. Um, we had a, a, a conference call with Kevin Harlan uh, from NFL on CBS, and we actually touched upon something like that. And, um, and, and I'll sound off on this. Uh, Kevin did say, um, you know, he did touch upon it very little, but you heard it in his voice where it was not professional, something that um, a few other media members or aspiring media members, uh, it, they wrote, they would write in the chat that, you know, don't ever do this. And there were people who call games for ESPN plus for, you know, for certain schools, uh, for certain universe or division one universities, never, ever do that. Because if someone, and if, and if you're not a Jay Glazer, a Laura Oakman, a Kevin Harlan, a, you know, the Harlans of the world, whoever it is with a known reputation, they're going to kick your ass out so fast. And it's simple. It is. It's simple. I just said that over the air. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. For someone that wants to get in that field and to be, 
you know, okay, you're, you know, shake it off now. You have a big money contract on Fox, I'm sure. You are, you know, again, you've been on HBO. You've been on Dwayne The Rock Johnson show, whatever. Okay, but don't do it again. And for those aspiring journalists, do not do it. Um, Tyler, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I understand the point of being in the media and being a journalist is and you want to be the first person to break a story. I do get that. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, with the unfortunate circumstances uh, this year, uh, you know, back with uh, everything that happened with Kobe Bryant back in January, everybody remembers that, you know, it wasn't right away. Obviously, we waited. It was, you know, more details came out about the entire thing. But, uh, you know, TMZ. You know, I don't, I don't want to name drop, but that's who it was. Um, were you know they had? Uh, but that's a legitimate fact. That's a legitimate yeah. fact. TMZ was the one that dropped it. Go yeah. on. They were you know they they dropped it first, which is okay. Somebody's gonna somebody's got to break the news. But they were trying to you know be really shady with um, some of the pictures they got. Uh, you know, it has since come out that they did have some not so family friendly pictures of the crash. Um, trying to sell them off, trying to get permission to use them. It's, you know, there's a certain way you handle a business. Um, and obviously that's not the way to do it. And it's, not, you know, doing it is, there's a difference between getting at something without a source uh, and starting, uh, I guess, the rumor mill. Um, which we obviously see, uh, we see it a lot during um, NHL free agency, the NFL draft. Oh yeah, um, where rumors start to rumble about trades and all this, you know, and it's that's one thing. But you know, when you're talking about some, someone's personal well-being, it's you know, you got to make sure you're spot on 100. percent Yeah, absolutely. I and I and like I said, I I can't agree and I cannot agree enough, especially. Um, as a journalist, you have to make sure that you are spot on. Um, just one quick second. We are going to get uh, Tyler's friend, Al Carl, on the air. Uh, but I do want to ask one more question before we do. Uh, in the NFL realm, the Cleveland Browns, they have they uh, have unveiled brand new uniforms. Guys, what do we think? I think, honestly, they look fantastic like because they like are it. the old uniforms. Yeah, it's a nod right back to the uh, old uniform. They are, it's not, they're not overdoing it. They're not underdoing it. It's, a, it's exactly what the Browns jersey should be. And again, like we were talking last week, it's a very um, – uh, it, it's more complex of a color scheme to work with than it, is, than it should be. And, again, they, the one they have that they know works is the one they should keep using. Yeah, I love them. I thought it looked great. Of all the three that have come out this offseason, I think they're the best ones. They kept it simple. It's a color scheme. You're right. That's hard to work with. You can't get too complicated with two colors like that because they're not exactly like bright or, you know, all that aesthetically pleasing. Brown and orange, like a burnt orange. So it's, yeah. it's tough to be able to make something look good that way. But I love what they did. There's a lot of white in there. There was missing one with a brown jersey, orange pants. I thought would look nice. That's one that they've cut out of the rotation. But all in all, I think they look great. I think they look better than the other two that came out. Yeah, and before we jump back over really quick, I have to ask if you saw the new uh, the Eagles jerseys. I have not. No, yeah. I heard Charger one was coming out too. That's supposed well, to be no, the, the new Eagle jersey. It's actually it's really weird. It resembles um, those big black construction bags. I knew it. I knew. I knew he was gonna say that. I knew he was gonna say that. I knew it. I knew it. I had to. I'm sorry. I knew. I, I had. You know, as he was saying it, I was like, okay, it's either the Kelly Green or it's or he's gonna make a joke, and I, I, I had to go with the latter. Uh, well, that trash bag design. Does it already come with Manning on the back? Or. <laughs> 
Remember, this is a PG show. This is made for kids. You're the one who's cursing, buddy. That's not us. That's all right. That's all right. Listen, listen. On all right, let's go. On on mainstream, you can you can say ass. Uh, We're letting we're letting Al in right now. But while while uh, while that does uh, go in, I do want to say this that this I got from this from your local supermarket. Uh, One of the best. If you're a Lakers fan or even a basketball fan. Uh, this is actually 96 pages, but an amazing read. If there is, uh, you know, if you don't have anything else to do, um, you know, or, you know, want to clean the house or anything, Al, this is for you too. Um, yes, this, this, this 96 page, uh, book with, uh, for Co- dedicated to Kobe, uh, Tyler, I remember you showed me the, uh, the sports illustrated book that was like a hundred something pages. Hasn't come in the mail yet. Um, but this, this really is, uh, is great if you're a Lakers fan. Yeah. If you want to take a walk down, uh, a bunch of old, mem- old and good memories from, uh, Kobe Bryant's career, that's definitely, uh, two things you should pick up soon. For sure. So now I'm going to turn it over to our mo- number two moderator here and our host. There you go. Right. There you go. Right. Exactly. So Tyler's going to have back-to-back segments and it's going to be start off with WWE raw. He's going to give predictions uh, for uh, WWE SmackDown. And he's also going to promote his brand new podcast on our network, the Eastern observer. Uh, And also his friend, Al Carl, Tyler, please take it away. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you pretty much said everything I wanted to say. So thanks for that. Um, Welcome. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in real quick. Then I, I saw the Facebook post last week. Tyler, congratulations on being promoted to sheriff. I'm sure this is a great honor bestowed upon you, and I'm sure you're gonna take your cowboy hat and your shiny new badge and just and run with it, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. That's what, I'm I'm wearing that to the first. <laughs> Well, hold on. Well, now, well, now I I, I do I, I do want to interrupt this and and Al just just uh you know tuning in now and and welcome again cannot thank you enough for yeah, happy to be joining here, us man. on the primetime rundown now of course um but but tyler's first first day on on the on duty uh is to make uh, a coke can say not not really coke or whatever he did not a coke that is that is the and he did it and he did it on a ripped piece of paper that is well i don't i, I don't want to get um you know, yeah. go ahead, Tyler. I'm taking, I'm taking too much of your time. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a new podcast starting up in the next, uh, about two to three weeks. It's going to be based off of uh, wrestling. It's going to be raw SmackDown NXT. We're going to touch up on NXT UK and we're going to touch up on AEW. Al, would you like to let everybody know what I, the name we decided to go with? Yeah, actually it's because of, uh, pretty much this is where it's coming in my head right now. Uh, very, very big week in professional wrestling this week. A lot going on, shows coming up and whatever. But the, the biggest thing I think that happened in the midst of all this craziness and everything that's going on in the world right now, everything shut down, professional wrestling got deemed essential. I think that is great. And I want to say this is, how it went away, this is how it went in my head, that the people over at the Eastern Observer, they heard this news. They're like, okay, well, we got to start making wrestling essential in our company as well, in our brand as well. And that's where they went with you, Tyler. And thank you very much for having me on here. Tyler, thank you for picking me, I guess, as your quote-unquote deputy, right? I'm your deputy now, your fellow. 
So maybe I got to get a cowboy hat and a little badge too. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so we are essential. We are now essential in this world. So that's what we're going to go with. We are going to go with the Essential Wrestling Podcast. I think the timing of this is perfect. And Tyler, I guess this is the first question. This is the most important thing that's happened in the world. Wrestling is essential. What are we thinking here? You, you know, uh, it's, uh, it makes sense in the sense of uh, the fact that we can – it's confined to – the way it's being handled, um, you know, where it's confined to the performers needed for the show – uh, a couple handful of backstage personnel and nobody else. It makes a lot of sense that they're still able to run this. Um, and that's the fact that they're able to keep the talent safe as well. Uh, I love the fact that they're still essential because it gives me something to watch because I can't watch repeats of WrestleMania anymore. Yeah. I'm losing my mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, it's a big move for them. Yeah. It, to tell you the truth, you know, th thinking about this and I was having a conversation with somebody else. I have absolutely no idea what else is on on Monday nights because if it's not football during football season and it's Raw, and Raw's been on for 25, 30-something years now, I have no idea what's on on Monday nights. And now since SmackDown moved to Fridays, I have a very fiancé who's upstairs right now, happy that I'm home Friday nights watching wrestling with her. So I'm not going out being a clown. So this is, this is great for me. I, I love it. And you know what? The more the merrier. I'm happy we're able to go forward with it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, there's definitely a lot to be covering this week. Uh, it was a, a much bigger week in and not just sports, but wrestling in general. Uh, we have a lot of these wrestlers getting cut now. Um, just to name a few off the top of our heads would be uh, Drake Maverick was cut. Uh, we're going to look at, you know, a couple of producers. Kurt Angle was cut. Uh, Gregory Helms, known as the Hurricane, was cut. Uh, and then you see a lot of these long-term guys that are being cut as well. Mike Keogh, who's been a referee in the WWE since 1989. I can't remember life without Mike Keogh. Yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's almost, it's one of those things where wrestler, producer, or even a referee, if Mike Keogh, of all people, isn't yeah. safe. So I have, a, I wrote down the list right now. It's the guys that uh, unfortunately are unemployed at the time. Uh, Gallows and Anderson, Rusev, uh, Mike and Maria Kanellis, EC3. And I said, then you got longtime guys. You got Heath Slater, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins. Uh, new guys, No Way Jose, Aiden English, Leo Rush. I mean, that's not all of them, but that's a few. But the way I'm looking at this, tie, and you know what? It, it sucks that they're out of a job. But with the, I, honestly, with the exception of Anderson and Gallows, and I know Mike Canellos was on 205. No one watches 205. I watch it from time to time. Love seeing Mike Canellos on it. A lot of these guys weren't doing anything anyway. You know, like this now, I, I feel like this is almost like, yeah, it's bad news that they're out of a job and whatever, but this is now their new lease. Like now, like, okay, like, where are we going to go? Can I go to Impact? Can I go to AEW? Can I go to Ring, back to Ring of Honor? I know Anderson and Gallows have already apparently cryptic tweets about going back to Japan, you know, with new t-shirts that they're putting out. So I, you know what, you, you got to take the good with the bad here. This is, this could be new. Like imagine, you know, Rusev and AEW would be, Awesome. Fantastic. I mean, Mike Canellis, and I can finally go, go go back to calling him Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett in AEW would be awesome. Him, him and Maria running around AEW, I think that would be great. Yeah, so, I mean, this is definitely, um, despite where everybody goes, <coughs> excuse me, that was released, um, a couple weeks back, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes has been doing an interview with, uh, he did a sit-down with, I forgot who it was, but he had been saying that AEW wants to start their own kind of uh, – to show uh, system like how we have Raw and SmackDown. So this could be a very good way for AEW to bring in some talent to fill out that second roster. I love uh, it. More the merrier. More the yeah, merrier. And, you know, we, got, we, got, we got three days of the week right now that don't have wrestling on. What are we doing here, boys? 
We need yeah. more wrestling on TV here. Yeah, we need something. Um, <laughs> you know, talking on a personal standpoint for a minute, you know, the guy obviously uh, it broke my it broke my absolute heart to see a guy like Zack Ryder go. Um, oh just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're a Long Island guy. That's it. That's your guy right there, right? That's, Zach Ryder. That's our guy. Um, you know, Rusev was kind of one of those things where uh, you know once they start announcing all these releases, and you knew he had wanted his release for a while, you know, as is because he wasn't going to sign. It was kind of uh, I would want to say it, inevitable that you, he was probably going to get it. Um, yeah. So that one didn't come as much of a surprise to me. No, but no, it's that wasn't. One of the things that really upsets me about the entire thing is, you know, I get it. Uh, you know, wrestlers are losing their jobs. They're losing uh, money. Uh, at, at a time right now, it doesn't look like, you know, you, you, doesn't, you don't know when these guys are going to go back to work, if they're going to go back right away, if they can't go back for a while. So it's one of those things where, like, I understand people being upset that these guys are being released. But like you said, these guys aren't, they weren't being used for anything. They, you, they basically wiped out the entire 24 uh, seven championship division. Yeah. That, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Yep. Which you is know, proudly it, held, proudly held by Rob Gronkowski right now. So Gronk, more props to you, brother. Oh, yeah, I forgot you're a Patriot fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Told you guys I don't that. know why you guys are talking all this stuff of football. I heard the Detroit Lions right and everything. It's great. Nice cheap shot on the Eagles. I'm all about that. Patriots are winning it all. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm, a die, I, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, so, so that's, oh, that's, that's where that comes from, guys. Right, yeah. So, gotcha. but, you know, it's, I mean, to talk about, you know, to talk about Detroit and, and the, uh, and the, uh, the, 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 the culture change in uh, in the Motor City, you know, bringing in the Patriot way and everything. So, Tyler, I'm sorry. I just had to th yeah. throw no, that you in. Good. No, definitely. No, definitely. You know, so, uh, Al, another uh, question I have for you that I didn't bring up before that I saved for now. Oh. Um, you know, there was a couple of things going around where um, Zack Ryder obviously was released. Um, Kurt Hawkins had uh, – someone had tweeted at him asking him of what they thought he would do. And Kurt Hawkins personally believed that – if Zack Ryder was released, he would be retiring. But now, I don't know if you saw on Instagram, uh, Cody Rhodes put out his tribute to uh, Zack Ryder when he was released. Now there's a lot of speculation that he's going to go to AEW. In your personal opinion, what would you like to see him do? With Zack Ryder specifically, well, I, think, I think the obvious thing is you want to see the sweet life of Zack and Cody, right? You put him with AEW <laughs> with Cody Rhodes, make him a tag team, put him on Jericho's ship, and have everyone go smooth sailing. That's but, that's. Uh, great. Yeah, listen, wherever Zach goes, Zach, you would see the answer. The, the answer isn't always AEW. I know that's the one that's on TV. And there's also this Ring of Honor. I know Impact. I think they're in Canada. I think right now, if I remember correctly, I, don't, I lost track of Impact unfortunately. Uh, you know, Japan's always a you know thing. I don't think Zach Ryder's going to go over to Japan, but you know, AEW. I don't think is the exact answer for everybody. But you know, Cody's Cody's friends with all these guys. You know, yeah. Cody was in WWE with all these guys when Heath Slater and Zach Ryder, Kurt Hawkins. They were all there. So it wouldn't shock me at all if Cody just reached out to him and be like, hey, let's, let's go, you know? Yeah, and, you know, seeing that Cody Rhodes was, you know, he's pretty much friends with everybody. Uh, you know, obviously he seems to be a very good at not burning his bridges with anyone. Um, remember back around 2011, 2012, uh, Cody Rhodes was in WWE with uh, Luke Gallows when he was with CM Punk and uh, Selena. Yes. I don't know how good their friendship would be. Do you think at any point he could maybe sway uh, Gallows and Anderson away from New Japan and go to AEW? It would be a lot of money. I mean, it's going to throw him a lot of money. And, and probably what's arguably, other than New Japan, probably the best tag division in wrestling is yeah. AEW. you got all the big boys over there. I mean, that, that tag division would run roughshod, you know, 
with the exception of maybe New Day and Usos and, of course, Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho. You know, <laughs> you know, AEW tag division with, you know, with, with Pentagon and Phoenix. And then you got, you know, the, the, the Jurassic Express. Dude, Luchasaurus is amazing. But yeah, it, 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 would, it would be a great addition to him. It would be a great addition to an already stacked roster. And I'm sure they would have a lot of, you know, a lot of time for him to use. Yeah, they. I mean, they have quite the uh, quite the roster going on over there for the tag team. Uh, you know, personally, I think uh, I, th- I think I think Anderson end up in New, in New Japan, like everybody else would think. Uh, I just think they're probably going to want to go somewhere they know they're going to be comfortable and they know they'll have steady income. Um, not that you wouldn't have steady income as a wrestler, but they know that they're a draw there. Um, you know, as far as Zack Ryder goes, I definitely want to see him in AEW. Because uh, I feel like WWE for 15 years definitely did not showcase what Zack Ryder's uh, true talent was. No, I mean, you, you can say that a lot about it, guys. That you know, Rusev, but you know, he was used right in the beginning, then he was used wrong, used right. You can say that about everybody. All those guys, they're, they're professionals for a reason. It doesn't matter what sport you're in, whether it's baseball, football, and it's wrestling. You, you get to that point, you're at the top. Those, all those guys can go. Drake yep. Maverick can go, and we're gonna. I know we're gonna get to Drake Maverick in a second because he's in the cruiserweight tournament. I want to talk about. But Drake Maverick is a great wrestler. And, you know, you, you didn't see that in WWE. You didn't really see that. I think he did towards the end. But, you know, we, hopefully we see this out of Drake Maverick. I said we'll get to him in a second. But uh, just going back to AEW for the second, a uh, little bit of a switch of the topics here. Uh, John Moxley, first AEW championship defense this past Wednesday, uh, beating Jake Hager. I'm going to slip. I know I'm going to slip with his name. You got to get a bear with me. I know it's Jake Hager. I'm going to call him something else. And I'm going to apologize him for that now. But he beat Jake Hager. Empty arena. No holes barred. Matt, did you end up watching that? I have not watched it yet. Um, I obviously did my reading about the match online just to educate myself as best as I could. Uh, I can only assume it was a, a good match. Uh, you know, Dean Ambrose or John Moxley, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, you gave this first slip. That's right. I mean, we, have to, we have to do something. We have to do something when we slip on guys' names. I uh, yeah. call him Ambrose too. I got, I got to, I got to figure something out. But uh, you know, what back in his turn, in his time in WWE, formerly known as Dean Ambrose. There you go. Um, it was very hard to try and pick out a bad match he had. Even even his worst matches, you could still say that was a very good match. Um, so. From, like I said, from what I read in the research I tried to do on it, uh, it, I would be surprised to find out it was not a good match. No, it was good. It was good. It wasn't one of either their best matches, but it was definitely, you know, like I said, empty arena, no holes barred. And, but the thing is, like, I guess maybe why I kind of wasn't as excited as much about it. We've been seeing a lot of between, between what Edge and Orton did at WrestleMania and then between what uh, Ciampa and Gargano did in their empty arena match last Wednesday. Um, I don't know if they just ran out of ideas or if the arena that AEW's in doesn't have a lot of the toys that I guess the other guys use, but uh, they 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 beat each other pretty good. They 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 went they went around the whole arena, chairs, tables. Um, they did what they could. They didn't see any blood spill. I guess I think that was the one thing missing. But I guess you know you can't really complain if uh, people keep the blood in the body for me. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely gonna have to. I'll definitely uh, educate myself on that match today, and we'll definitely revisit that uh, next week briefly, so I can give you my true, honest opinion when we're back on. Uh, so let's get into these uh, Money in the Bank qualifier matches. Yeah. So as I said we're gonna do this as uh, as I'm sure you guys know, as I've Tyler told you, but for those watching, um, I started a website called ProWrestlingPeckham.com. Um, 
nothing in the uh, world that I've seen is out there about this. Pretty much, uh, I'm a big football guy. I'm a big sports guy too, guys. Wrestling just isn't my life. Work professional sports team, huge Patriots fan, big Mets fan. The one thing that there isn't anything out there, if you go to like Yahoo, ESPN, all these other companies, they had pickums for all these sports, including I think UFC. I'm pretty sure they have like, there's nothing for WWE. There's nothing for professional wrestling. So I created a site and it's pretty much just like your normal football pick'em league. You know, week one, you got these teams, pick your winners, whoever has the most points at the end wins. So that's the, pretty much the concept of my site. So I love picking winners. I love talking about matches and predicting the outcomes. That's a little bit of my thing. So um, this past Monday on Raw, Actually, this up, upcoming Monday on Raw, we have three Money in the Bank qualifying matches, title, uh, Tyler. Uh, on the men's side, uh, we got Rey Mysterio against Murphy, which honestly, the first time I saw that, I, they, they announced that match, and I didn't know I wanted to see it until they announced it. And now I'm extremely excited because I never put those two together, and I think this is going to tear it down. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we're well aware of what Rey Mysterio is capable of. He's been wrestling since before I was around. Uh, and again, Murphy, he's definitely come into his own since he's gotten Murphy's his stud. Murphy's yeah, stud. stud. I mean, you know, especially now that he's being showcased a little bit better. Uh, the last few months when he was running with Seth Rollins, he was getting a lot more TV time on Raw. It's going to be a great match, no question about it. Um, if I had to pick somebody for this match, I am going to pick Murphy. Uh, nice. I th- okay, I think, uh, just the problem, not the problem, but the thing with Rey Mysterio is, uh, obviously. I think he's – I don't want to say overstate is welcome, but I don't think uh, people are really interested in seeing the old as much as they were with the new, unless your name is The Undertaker. Um, so I believe this is definitely going to be a way to get uh, Murphy uh, pushed a little bit further. Even if he doesn't win the match, it definitely showcases his ability in another match type. Yeah, that's – that's yeah, that, that'd be great. I, I, I Honestly, honestly, Tyler, I don't know off the top of my head. I've been thinking about this match. I have absolutely no idea. I'm going to go with Ray based on experience, but it's not going to shock me at all uh, if Murphy beats him and then Murphy shines in the Money in the Bank ladder match and does everything. He's He would be perfect for that match. I'm not going to be at, at, mad at all if uh, if Murphy wins that match. Then we got uh, Alistair Black, who was, is probably going to be my pick to win this whole thing win the briefcase uh, come three weeks from now. But he's got his qualifying match against uh, Austin Theory, which I guess now is a Raw superstar. I believe he graduated NXT and I believe record time two weeks before getting the call up with all the injuries and suspensions and everything yeah. that's been going on. That's got to be a record for him. But I don't, I don't see him getting past Alistair Black. Let's say you, Ty. I'm going to go Alistair Black on this one too. Um under the circumstances of everything that happened with Austin's theory, uh, when you take it take into account the seniority, uh, obviously, because that from time to time does play a role in uh, a wrestler, um, unless they're super super over with the crowd. Um, also, taking into account with you know Austin Theory doing his thing with uh, this new stable that they seem to be creating, um, I would think I would have to sway more to the fact that uh, Austin Theory is going to end up in a tag match with Money in the Bank. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think it would make too much sense for him to win this. All right, so we got, we'll got we'll speed this up a little bit along. I know Nick and uh, they want to get back to the, the regular show, okay? Just real quick. Uh, we got, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's he, – that's – I, I want to see – I want to see – on a side note with that, I want to see Apollo Crews. I want to see – if MVP is going to start doing a stable here, get Crews, get, get Ricochet, get Seti, Cedric Alexander, get those in there. And yeah. then real quick, we'll touch on one last thing before we start rapid-firing these picks here. Drake Maverick. Like I said, we're going to get back to him. He was released, but they're giving him 
uh, before he was released, he was entered into the Cruiserweight Championship tournament. Then they released him, but they're giving him these three matches for him uh, before he goes. How awesome is that, and how hard are you rooting for Drake Maverick right now? I'm, I'm pulling for Drake Maverick to have the three best matches of his career he can possibly have. Yeah, he's uh, staying in that video, too. He's putting everything on the line. He put that tear-jerking tear video on online right after he got released. It was, it was hard. It was hard to watch. Yeah, I, I, I he's gonna I go give it everything he got. Yeah, I was telling you earlier, I still haven't been able to bring myself to watch it because I, you just see how upset his face is from the thumbnail. And I, I just, I can't, I feel for him. I do. Yeah, so, okay, so we're going we're gonna to go Drake the whole way, right? Kushida and Tony Nese. I know we want to talk about this match forever, but we're, at it, we're running out of time here. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're running. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to take Kushida. Yeah, I'll go Kushida, too. They got Jack Hauger against uh, El Hijo de Fantasma making his debut. Uh, I, I think I've unintentionally seen him before in Lucha Underground, so he's pretty good. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take the new guy on that one. Yeah, I'll take Gentleman Jack. I'll go against you on this one, Stroke. Okay. All righty, all righty. And then uh, on the AEW, they have their own TNT Championship tournament going real quick. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. The winner's going to face Cody in the semifinals of the uh, TNT tournament. Give me Darby Allen. Yeah, I, mean, I would like to see Darby and Cody go. I think we're done with Cody and Sammy. I think we're done with that. Put, put that, yeah, that'd be a great match. And then we got Dustin Rhodes and Kip Sabian, and the winner's going to get destroyed by Lance Archer. Who do you got? Give me Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah, why not? Why yeah. not? All right, and then tonight, qualifiers tonight. Money in the Bank qualifiers. You got On the men's side, you got Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic match, and it's another one of those where you can go there either way. Yeah, there we go. We got the yes chance going. Um, it's another That's one of those. That's the origin. That's the origin, of course. It can go either way. Um, give, give me Cesaro. All right. See, so yeah, because Joey did the yes chance, I'm going to go Daniel Bryan. We'll do that. So I'm not going to be shocked. Well, that's exactly why I took Cesaro. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> All right. On the women's side, you got Naomi beating Dana Brooke. That's pretty odd. Dana Brooke's going to have a tag title match coming up. Yeah, so uh, Carmella are going to be tagging. They're going to be challenging for the tag title. So I don't know. I don't see her winning this. That's going to be. I'm going to go Naomi there. All right, and then of course you know the SmackDown tag titles on the line tonight. We're not even going to discuss it because the Miz is in it. The Miz is going to win it. This is not even going to be up for debate. Still, Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho, guys. Thank you very much for having me on. I truly appreciate it. So, so Al, so Al, and and cannot thank you enough for uh, for being here as well. So I do, I do want to chime in before you do leave, if you don't mind, if you could just turn. Not at all. And actually, I did forget. I do have one last thing. I just want to just share real quick. Of course, yes. Oh, okay, no, okay, before I leave, just real quick, yeah. uh, uh, with everything that went on this week, um, WWE had a huge loss, uh, loss of life the other day. Um, yes. old, old school ring announcer, Howard Finkel. Now, yep. um, I just turned uh, 40 years young this past October. I've been watching wrestling. My first wrestling event was SummerSlam 1988. All right, I was this little kid, didn't know who was who, and then I saw this, this big, this big jack guy with face paint and streamers and he came out his name was the ultimate warrior and he, and he just dropped this guy who looked like elvis presley i didn't know what was going on dropped yeah. him pinned him in like 10 seconds and then i heard it for the first time actually just got goosebumps think of it and new and it was howard finkel announcing the ultimate warrior as the new winter cup yeah. and it's just it's the voice of my childhood through my teenage years into my college years through the Attitude Era. He was around there forever. And I know Howard wasn't doing well. Unfortunately, I think this day was inevitable. But just uh, for me and for pro wrestling picking him from everybody, thank you, Howard Fankel. 
Thank yeah, you so for, much. And yes, I'm sure when you. it's my time to go up there, you better announce me at the pearly gates going in there. You know what there I'm saying? You, I want it, him announcing me. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Well, you know what? It's is say me say me as an aspiring sportscaster. I really hope that when I that when I get up there, Mike Emmerich will be uh, announcing me as well. Um, so so just so before we do go, uh, Tyler, uh, you know, if if you do have to to run just prior to uh, to uh, to uh, Golden Stick Wiffle Balls, Mike Valenti, I know you're preparing for that, so you can run if you have to. Yes. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, but Al, uh, first off, uh, turn. Turn your hat around for the uh, – because I believe – I'm going to say I hope that is the right – no, no, I meant like turn – say that's – I know what you're saying. I want to see what you think it is, though. What is say, it? What is, I'm oh, going to – I'm not leaving yet. I'm going to say that that is – and with that reaction, that is a Rangers hat. That is incorrect. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> we are on – we are we are on the, we are on the same wavelength. Very good. Okay, good. There you go. So, um, so now, uh, you said that you actually have uh, your own website. Please tell us where we can find uh, your show and tell us the name of yeah. your show as well. Well, uh, let's say I don't have my own show. My show is going to be with Tyler once that starts up, the Central Wrestling Podcast. Like I said, right. uh, I started this website, prowrestlingpick'em.com. Very simple, basic, stupid name. So thank God it was available for me. You know, like I said, no one's done this. Uh, you can go on. You can, it's just like an NFL pool or a baseball pool, whatever you want to do. You can create pools with your friends. You can join a public pool. Um, if you want to throw some money on the side, that's on your end. I'm not dealing with any money from the website. This is not a gambling site for entertainment purposes only. Gotcha. And pretty much, I, I pretty much update the sites, all the matches for all the pay-per-views. Right now, I'm just doing pay-per-views. Uh, once I can, you know, make money off this and retire, you know, and my job can do this 100%, sure, I'll do Raw, SmackDown, try to do everything live, Yeah, see how that works out. But right now, it's just, uh, we're just doing pay-per-views. So, uh, you know, once or twice a month, you can go on, you can make your picks, play against your friends, prove you're better, and uh, just have some fun with it, you know. This is the one thing that we don't, we don't have fantasy wrestling. There's no pick-ems in wrestling, you know. It's not like all the other sports. You know, I think Vegas, Vegas tried to do Vegas odds with, uh, with wrestling, and I think it backfired hugely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this is this is something that started about a year and a half ago. Uh, it was around Christmas last year. It, uh, it launched. Uh, we're still in baby, still in production. I got a lot of things coming. So uh, once I get past my wedding, I'm getting married in July. Once I get past my wedding and take some of that and start throwing it back into the site, uh, we'll have some stuff to get people there every day, and that's the goal. I want people there every day to play. Good. Well, congratulations on your upcoming nuptials, even though uh, it is, I, I can't believe it. You know, it, it, it feels like I said, even though it is April 17th, July, really with, you know, if, if this is all still going on, it's going to feel like a lifetime away. But yeah, yeah. again, from, uh, you know, from, from myself, the Eastern Observer, congratulations on your upcoming nuptials for you and your uh, current fiance. Thank you very much, Joey. Wife. Absolutely. Thank uh, you. So definitely, like I said, we cannot thank you enough for, t uh, for being here with us, Al. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Al Carl. Um, Thank you very much for having me. Same time next week, right? We have, we'll be back next week. I'm good. Uh, from from what from what from what Tyler has told me, yes. Until All until right, you guys perfect. are uh, until you guys are officially on the air. Uh, one last thing before you go, Tyler right. did not mention uh, the title. What is the title of the new show going to be on the Eastern Observer? Well, that's what, we're going to stick with the Essential Wrestling Podcast. I think this, you guys deemed us essential. That's not on us. You guys named us. Very good. I so, the state of Florida named us. How about that? There you go. I like. I like it. So, so it's yeah, the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Very good. So the Essential Wrestling Podcast. There will be uh, much more information uh, on that on the EasternObserver.com. Um, 
probably after the show. Al Carr, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, Al. Uh, have a great night, and we'll see you next Friday yeah, night. Exactly, here guys. Enjoy the, the rest of the show. Thank you very much. You take well. it easy. Thank you. Uh, so now we're okay. back here with the three of us here on, uh, on the Primetime Rundown, the Eastern Observer, the Blackjack Media Networks. Uh, we're just waiting for, uh, for Mike Valenti, who looks like he is about to come in right now. Uh, we will get to our, uh, our topics in just a moment moving forward. One thing that we do want to say uh, for, our, uh, for our, next, uh, our next segment following this interview, we will be discussing the PGA Tour and their return uh, with four events through Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll discuss how the three of us feel about that because that is going to be uh, the basically the the, the, the grand hurrah of um, of sports uh, being welcomed back uh, on planet Earth. Uh, Mike Valenti, very uh, very nice of you to be here. Golden Stick Wiffle Ball. I'm Joey Josinka. That's Nick Partain. Uh, Tyler Adele, please take it away. Again, stealing my words. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Valenti of the New York Dark Knights from the Golden State Wiffle Ball League. Mike, first thing I'm going to ask you that I've been asking everybody. What's up? How you doing? Are you safe? Are you well? I am safe. Family safe. Wife is uh, doing okay. We're just getting bored down here. Yeah, I, I feel you. Uh, on a personal note. Want some whiffs? Um, yeah, I'm glad everything's okay. Glad you're doing well. Hopefully, I'll be, uh, we'll be seeing each other at Wiffle Ball very soon. Yeah, <clears throat> hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, with New York's – oh, shut up, you stupid watch. Uh, with New York's, uh, you know, stay-at-home order being held till May 15th now, we're barely making that cutoff by two days. So I'm yeah, hoping that's, it's May That's 15th. not looking too good. Yeah, it's not looking that's too – That's not looking promising. Not looking promising. So tell, tell, us about the, uh, tell us about the Dark Knights, because as everybody knows, uh, last week with uh, Anthony Dioria – a lot of praise going around for you guys. I know. I saw that. We all saw that. That was uh, pretty interesting. You know, um, just explaining, you know, letting you guys know about the Dark Knights. We're a five-man team, um, three of us. My two younger brothers play on that team. And then um, our two closest friends, Tyler Khan and Daniel Harganen. So, um, yeah, you know, we joined in 2015, I believe, was our first year in the league. We were okay. You know, I know food – I know you said on the interview that we barely – year not no, look, it happens look, yeah, everybody, a couple, a couple wins the beginning. but one yeah. of the things we definitely made sure to mention we definitely you definitely as a team caught on a lot faster than most first year teams do oh yeah oh definitely you know we had our ups and downs you know first year wasn't too good second year um i believe we did better in our second year and then i think our third year which was 2017 i believe that was the year that we midway through that season we kind of turned it on and upped our game kind of turned our franchise around from there so you know and one of the other things that we made point to mention was uh you know it's very rare as you know uh for teams to come into this league um with uh, the three four in your case five people you start with and all this time later now going into your guys this will be your fifth year uh still yeah. the same five guys oh yeah um, for a lot of teams to get to where you guys are at now, where you're winning super qualifiers and, you know, taking out the enemy in the New York playoff. Um, it's, you don't see that with, from a team without having to make major additions with uh, a power hitter or an ACE pitcher. And you guys did this all internally. Absolutely. 
Like what you see a lot of, like um, in the league, you see a lot of jumping around, like team jumping. You know, a lot of guys like, forming these super teams. And you see a lot of them in yard league, at least. And yeah. uh, the five of us, yeah, we just we've stuck together. We we were bad, like we I keep saying, we were bad our first two years, and then we just grew from there. We learned how to play. We practiced a lot, and uh, you know, we got experienced, and then um, kind of. T- Last year was the year we kind of put it all together. Yeah, I think it's definitely safe to say that was a, a breakout. Uh, and a breakout's still an understatement. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, you know, and you, you know you know as well as I do, super qualifiers are certainly not the easiest things to win. Um, no, no, there's a lot of good teams in that league for sure. You got to go, yeah. especially with a super qualifier. You know, once you get to – once you get done with pool play and you get in that playoff round, you're going to be facing a lot of good teams, especially as you keep going naturally through that playoff round. There's a lot of good teams in yard league and a lot of good pitchers. So you really, you really got to be on your game, especially once you get to that semifinal, you face a lot of good pitchers in yard for sure. Yeah. And I think uh, obviously I won't even call it the uh, one of the hidden secrets, but definitely, obviously if you want to, I want, I want to say have an easy pass, but definitely the best way to do it would be uh three and in pool play. Yeah. And that the funny thing about that is too, this, uh, the qualifier that we won, which was yard two, though, that was the second tournament of the year. We did bad in pool play. We started that one and two in pool play, and we were we were absolutely atrocious during pool play that day. And then we just turned it around. Once we got the playoff game, everyone got big hits. They grinded out at bats, walks. We pitched well. We played good defense, and we just turned it on from there. But we were we were bad in pool play. So yeah, we had I mean, a lot of good teams. Play, yeah, pool play is a big thing for a lot of teams because we had a couple of you know there was definitely some situations for you know the Royals. Uh, for ourselves, where we uh, we would go, um, you know, one and three or two and one in pool play, and then it's just, everything would go downhill from there, and we can't just can't figure it out. And then you realize you're playing teams like uh, I don't want to, I'm not going to say any names, but you're playing teams like the Storm um, right. in pool play. Yep. And then you, you know, your first round, you're like, all right, you're going to play uh, usual suspects, and oh, and you're the away team. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> tough hill to climb right there yeah you know and obviously it's just you I mean, you know it's, it's something me and food were talking about last week it's make you have to play every game as if it's the first game of the year you can't rem, you can't reminisce on the game before or yeah. you, know, you know striking out looking on the last pitch last week it's oh. every game is a brand new season and that's the and, easy way i yeah. found to get through to get through games yeah it's something that we do we play every game within with a lot of intensity, as you probably yeah. you were probably one of the loudest. You could probably hear us from all the way on field number one to all the way on field six. number eight. Yeah. You could hear us yelling in the first game, probably first inning of a, a pool play. So we like to keep that intensity going throughout the whole entire tournament. Okay, yeah, it, it definitely. Intensity is one of the biggest things, especially in wiffle ball, because if you keep that energy going and you will keep yourself uh, – oh, I, I, I almost don't want to say awake, but you keep yourself hyped up and you keep yourself – yeah, uh, you know, you almost have to give yourself a chip on the shoulder. Like, yeah, no one's going to touch you. You're going to go through the day. You're going to get to the super qualifier, and you're going to take home all the money. Yeah, well, there's obviously no crowds in wiffle ball, so you got to kind of make your own noise. You got to amp yourself up. You know. Yeah, I mean, especially some of the music that's played there. I'm not going to mention any names for real this time, but I'm not listening to Frank Sinatra while I'm playing wiffle ball. Forget it. Right. Yeah, and there's a couple. There's you know, there's certain teams that play that kind of music. I don't normally like playing on that same field when that you know. That kind of down. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. 
Yeah, it's one of those things you can't really avoid because, you know, you're not going to be the guy to tell the guy to turn off his music. Right. <laughs> but it might not be your first choice of music. Yeah, you definitely well, have well. to. Uh, yeah, you definitely make sure you have a pair of headphones, for sure. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've, you see me for yeah, my routine. Yeah, my, my routine hasn't changed for uh, eight years, nine years almost now. Uh, actually, no, because yeah, it would be year nine. My routine hasn't changed in nine oh, years. If I'm playing, if I'm pitching a game, mm -hmm. I'm off on the sideline. I got my headphones in. There's a very good chance Slipknot is blowing out the speakers in my earphones, and don't don't bother me for ten minutes. Let me let me there get into go. my rhythm. There you, you go. Know? And there's a lot of people like that. Oh yeah, there's a, you see a lot of the guys in the league. They have their own routine that, that they have. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got their own little uh, thing. Yeah, like referring to uh, you know the screwballs for the second. They're, they they basically go to physical therapy after every game yeah. with all the equipment and tools they bring oh, yeah. with them. the warm ups they they take their time to warm up yeah they their time they get ready to get their body loose a little they're they're an interesting group of guys but they also know how to ice you too so they, they're, they're smart so what's uh what are we looking like this year what's your plans like what's uh anything new for the dark knights new uniforms new we actually do have new uniforms i believe danny and matt were the ones who kind of worked on the uniforms. I think Matt had the final say and the final design on these uniforms, but uh, yeah, they're looking really nice. So normally we have like, as you see the sweatshirt that I'm wearing, this is normally like the, the OG jersey, but in- Yeah, I remember that's pretty much the scheme you had in year one. Yeah, this is basically, so this is basically our colors. Last year we did like a black, a, just an all black jersey with the yellow logo. This year we got, I think it's like a gray, a gray button down jersey all the way down. And then it's got, I think the logo is in black and the Dark Knight team name goes through the logo this year. Really? It's really nice jersey. Really nice. We're hoping to debut it on opening day whenever, you know. Yeah, whenever, whenever that might be. It's probably December at this point for all Yeah, now. you know, hopefully for goal, we can break it out. So I know you guys also have, a, uh, you know, you, you do a lot of stuff for your Instagrams and uh, your YouTube of all of your uh, film highlights from the season. Where can anybody who's trying to become a Dark Knight fan check you guys out? Oh, man. So if anyone is looking to see some really good wiffle ball content, you know, you want to get hyped up, you want to see what wiffle ball is all about, go on our Instagram because that'll have a link to our YouTube. So the Instagram is NY Dark Knights. And then YouTube, and there are a bunch of really high quality made videos by my brother matt he's the guy who handles all the social media producer. he's the producer he's probably the best producer in wiffle ball so oh we'll hands down yeah, yeah right hands down he's always filming that's the thing about our team he's still waiting for a goal home run i was supposed to send him uh six months ago yeah but yeah so let me go check out some those videos we have a forget i lost count on how many videos we have but we have some really really good ones and i really recommend checking those ones out and that's probably the reason why some teams kind of you know get annoyed at us because matt's always recording during every at bat gets the angles and everything and then the videos are sometimes obnoxious but they're really good they're really good no it look it's gotten to me once or twice but at the same time i know it's for the it's it's for the it's for the the yeah, greater it, it makes the league fun too you know yeah. like, I, like i said we're not playing golf we're having fun out there yeah, I like it, and you know me. Uh, I'm all for whatever makes the league good, uh, yeah. better, gives it more exposure. So yeah. I, I'll t I turn a blind eye to it. I mean, honestly, uh, teams probably kind of got annoyed at us like first year or two with all the filming and all the videos and everything like that. And we weren't that great, but we were competitive, but we just weren't on the upper level of the other teams, and we were making these videos. So that kind of got on other teams' nerves. But 
Well, you know, it almost seems as if, in a way, it almost seems as if you guys were the trendsetters for that. For what? Because now you have for filming and uh, social media. Oh, yeah. And now you uh, see, like, the rest of the league is trying to build up the social media again. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like, we know uh, Freaky Franchise, they have they have social yeah. media uh, way too big. Yeah, a lot of teams uh, do now. Yeah, so you guys were almost like the pioneers for that. So I they hate you as much as they like and be annoyed, but... right. Yeah, I said that that's how you're gonna grow the league too. You know, yeah. you really want to, you really want to grow the league and show how great Golden Stick Wiffle Ball is. That's how you're gonna grow it. Putting it on Instagram, social media, these these interviews, things like this. This is how you're gonna grow all the podcasts. That's how you're gonna grow the league. Something yeah. I and and I'm and I'm sorry to interrupt, but Tyler and and Mike, first off, cannot thank you enough for for being here with us. Thanks for having uh, me here tonight. Yeah, of course, um, Tyler. I, I think you got You might have to have a uh, a a jersey announcement or uh, or a jersey unveiling on uh, on the primetime rundown if uh, yeah if, uh, if if time allows it. And I think uh, and I think our new third host, uh, the new the new sheriff in town, might have to be the one to uh, to unveil it. Yeah. Yeah, look, as long as I, as long as uh, everybody else from the Dark Knights approves and uh, I won't get in trouble, we'll definitely no, I would love to unveil the jersey. I don't have it with me personally. I don't have that jersey with me, but Tyler Khan and Danny do. I have a picture of it. I can maybe show it to you. As long well, as they'll give me the approval because I don't feel like getting sued by uh, Dark Knights. Uh, oh, no, you have nothing to worry about. Nothing <laughs> to worry about they would love to show it. They would love it. Matt, I think, is actually has a video idea to unveil it. A little really? like, 30 second to 45 seconds, something like that video that's going to like unveil it. Really so how about this? Get to, we'll, I'll get in touch with Matt. Mm-hmm. You want, you get the video put together. We'll uh, debut it on the show. I'm sure we, I would love that. I'm sure everyone else on the dark nights would love that. Matt would probably really love that. So yeah, yeah, we'll that's, definitely. Here. yeah, definitely. I think you guys would like it too. The idea of it. I know the idea of the video. It's re- really good. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we definitely say, say, say we would love, we, we would love to have it. I'm sorry, Tyler. I'm taking, I'm taking your, I'm, I'm stealing your thunder, uh, if you will, but I do want, but, but I do want to just throw in here and just to, and just to back these two up where I've been to, I was actually at one of, um, at one of these, uh, these Sundays. And yeah. I personally think that the way you guys do it, and this was, this was years ago. I don't know, Mike, if you were a part of it, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. How long have you been a part of it? 2015 again? was our first. 2015. So actually, so I, I might, I might've crossed paths with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so at Eisenhower park, for those that don't know, it's uh, Eisenhower park here in Nassau County, Long Island. Uh, you have, you have eight, eight fields or you have one big field. That's, that's, that's uh, divided up into eight fields. And it has got to be the coolest thing where you have a whole bunch of adults, um, you know, older or, or, or guys that are just out of college. And, yeah. uh, and it's really, it's a great day. And the best part about it too, you know, you see, you know, and you know, and you know, it's spring, you know, it's summer. Uh, you know, you have the golf carts in the, in, in the, in the oh, backdrop uh, yes. or in center field. Um, it's really, it's really a fun time. So I definitely give, um, you know, my, I definitely endorse, endorse it for sure. Uh, you know, for you guys, and especially for the for the New York Dark Knights, I'd love to see that jersey when it uh, when it pops out. Oh, Tyler, go win. on. Yes. You know, Mike. One more thing, just for personal reference. Uh, yes. You guys still have your? Uh, you guys still on Facebook and Twitter? Yeah, yeah, they're on there. We're on. They're still on there. Okay. No, because yeah. I had my uh, my Twitter was hacked a while back. I'm still trying to find everybody. No, we're uh, on the Twitter. I'm pretty sure Tyler runs the Twitter now. That got taken away from Nick. Was running the Twitter. 
And uh, that got taken away from Nick, and Tyler kind of took the reins on that one. Poor Nick. Yeah, yeah, poor Nick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you can catch the Dark Knights playing whenever it may be this summer over at Eisenhower Park. Make sure to follow them on all their social medias, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Mike, can't thank you enough for sticking around. Oh, guys, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Mike Valenti, Golden Stick Wiffle Ball. Mike, thank you very much for, to, for, uh, for joining us here, and we'll see you, I'm sure, when you guys unveil the jerseys. Okay, it should no be a problem, ton of fun. Guys. No problem. All right, great. Thanks, uh, so, so, ladies and gentlemen, now back here into, uh, into regular, program, regular programming, 725 here on the East Coast. Number one, I do have to, I have to commend Tyler. Again, amazing, amazing moderating skills. It's just getting, it, it's getting better and better, okay? Uh, better than you so yeah and his and 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 my job is at risk um so now <laughs> yeah sure uh excuse me so now now that we are back um we are back here uh alongside nick Partain, tyler adele i'm joey Dorzinka. um primetime rundown episode number 22 is presented to you by the nolan carroll foundation we did not uh, do that plug before i do apologize uh, to our good friend Nolan Carroll, who has been so good to us, uh, former Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Dallas Cowboys, and Miami Dolphins cornerback. Uh, please visit his website, nolancarrollfoundation.com, for more details on how to donate for uh, science and math um, technology and, uh, and uh, other, other uh, issues in the inner city community. Uh, please log on to his website and help out uh, those in need. Um, so, uh, Hank Steinbrenner, uh, Yankees, uh, Yankees co-owner passed away this past week at age 63. That is, uh, another, another loss. Uh, I really hope 2020 just, um, it can end because so far it's been, it's been absolutely brutal. Um, you know, and I, and I know, and I see that Nick is just, I'm sorry. Are we too boring for you? to almost kind of sort of work all day. So now, I will say this, I, I will say this now I, I, I usually in about a half hour is the time where, where Nick usually has his, his uh, weekly Friday Chick-fil-A. So it, it's getting, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. I already ate dinner today, Joe. I wanted to be not starving when we were doing this. That I'm waiting for. Oh, so you actually have the itis then. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, let's not forget uh, Boston Red Sox World Series MVP Steve Pierce retired officially. Uh, he claims that they did not cheat. I don't really know what's that's, you know, if that's worth anything. It's probably worth about two. Say that. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Depends on how deep you want to think into it. I mean, right. I mean, I, has anybody looked at the 2018 Red Sox numbers? Yeah, not really much. They're, you know, they're not like the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they're not like the Astros where they were an unbeatable super team at home and subpar at best on the road. They, they were, you know, pretty even on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, just to touch back up on it really quick, you know, in 2018, the Red Sox overall record was 108 and 54. Uh, 57 and 24 at home. Obviously, if there was a reason to, that might raise some eyebrows. But they were also 51 and 30 on the road. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, if they were cheating, uh, uh, look, I know we're all Yankee fans. I hate the Red Sox too. But I'm also not going to sit here and bash them if I don't think they're wrong. 
Um, well, well, right. And that'll be, and, and again, that'll be, you know, that'll be another conversation for another day. Um, but no, I, I have to agree with you, Tyler. Yeah. yeah it's, especially looking at every playoff series they had um, between the division, the championship and the world series, the deciding game for each of those series was, it was on the road, you know, so they were doing what they, they basically just got their job done and looking at all of their numbers, looking at the player statistics, both home and away, there's really nothing that would prove that the Red Sox did anything wrong, where as opposed to the Astros, when you're looking at Jose Altuve's numbers and he's hitting 150 on the road and hitting 425 at home, I, that, that's blatantly obvious. Like, you're not even trying to hide it at that point. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm sure you guys saw the tweet uh, the other day um, that Carlos Correa put out. Somebody, was at, somebody made fun of it. I forgot exactly what it said. Um, it's just so much fun to watch them get bashed for this whole thing. I love it. Everywhere they post, anything they post just gets berated by every comment there everywhere. It's really fun to watch. I'm going to see if I can find that tweet for you because it was actually one of the funniest things I think I've read in a long time. Well, we'll definitely, we'll definitely have to share it uh, following, uh, following the broadcast. Uh, 7.30 Eastern time here on Long Island. Uh, the three of us are all um, broadcasting remotely during this, uh, during this global pandemic. Uh, something that we always say, um, this is most likely going to be a once in a lifetime thing where we're going to be doing this. Um, and when I say doing this, I mean, uh, you know, being sequestered to our homes, um, told to stay home. Um, but who knows, maybe if, uh, if, if Nick's yawning one night, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll just be staying home or whatever. And, uh, you know, eh, there it is. I, I said it on cue. We're, just, hor- we're apparently horrible people and we're putting this- <laughs> God, he won't be here for the draft next week. We- oh man. Well, listen, listen, hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll get to that later on. Um, another, another, well, where did Tyler go? I don't know where Tyler went. Um, but that's okay. Um, as we, as we, uh, as we figure this out. Um, oh, he's back. Look, Technical look. difficulty. I unplugged my camera. I apologize. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> uh, former, former defensive end Willie Davis um, was, uh, was 85 years old. He passed away this past week. Uh, just actually two days ago on Wednesday, uh, two time Super Bowl champion, won Super Bowls one and two. Uh, with the Green Bay Packers, uh, he's a five-time was a five-time NFL champion, a five-time Pro Bowler, sixty-three through sixty-seven, and he is also enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well. He will be dearly missed. Um, he played one hundred and sixty-two games, uh, made the All-Pro first team five times as well. So he is definitely uh, someone that will be missed. Not a big name, but in Green Bay, he was definitely. Um, a big name there. So as we did say, I know it is again, 7:30, and I have said this, um, but we have invited a lot of our Islanders friends here to listen. We will not get to there in a second. So Islanders fans, if you are listening in, uh, cannot thank you enough for tuning into the primetime rundown. This is a brand new, um, a brand new thing that we're going to be doing every time uh, the Island, we're going to be talking about the Islanders. We will be uh, letting you know what time we're going to be talking about it. And right now, we're only two minutes and counting behind. Not too bad right now. Hopefully, we'll be uh, more – we'll be on time next time we speak about the Islanders. We don't know when that'll be. But if there is significant news, you guys will be uh, the ones to know. Uh, the, the, the biggest news of all this past week 
the PGA Tour will be returning for four events through Thanksgiving starting in June. Nick, who has been, again, vocal on Twitter about a lot of this stuff um, and just vocal in general because that's who Nick is, um, I want to know your thoughts, especially after saying in the previous few weeks about basketball, hockey, et cetera, any sport, are you on board with this? Still no. There's still no reason to have sports right now. There's still no reason to put people in danger. Don't have people outside. Like, I don't know what people are listening Go. to. You shouldn't be outside. You shouldn't Jeez. be outside if it's no. not necessary, if it's not important. Who cares? There's the one who goes to Chick-fil-A every night for dinner. I do not go to Chick-fil-A every day for dinner. I do. Um, I do. Calm down. I had Chipotle delivered today. I ate it for lunch. Everybody's a, mag, a minimum of 50 feet apart from to begin with. But you're not supposed to be out. Why are we sending people out for no reason? It's sports. This isn't important. Well, so, so this is – so okay, so now, uh, so now I, I will chime in here. And, again, we are three, we are three minutes in counting with our, with our, with our, Islanders, uh, with our Islanders faithful that we do hope are watching. And it – it doesn't they probably like, hate us right now. Way to go right, and, and that's completely fine. But if, they want, but if they want a good segment, this is the time to stay in. Um, I completely disagree. I personally, I, 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 I was with Nick 155%. But as we are beginning to progress with antibodies, with, with, with mass testing beginning to happen, not fully there. Um, and again, I don't want to get extremely political because that's another show for another day that we all know that, it's, it's not a fun sight for me to do that. Um, now, it, it, with all of this happening and because it's, there's no fans, how many golfers are actually going to be on the course? That's the whole thing. And on top of it, they're going to be spread apart. And the whole thing too, and this is something that, that Tyler did bring up and he brought up a good point. So I see it on both Nick's side, my Great. side, and Tyler's side, is that if there is a day where it is humid, right? And you cough into the air and let's think about it. Okay, it's not going to be like it's not going to be like a cartoon, okay, where you cough into the air and then it floats and then you know, you have the Wizard of Oz theme song there. That's not that's not how it works. It's going to be floating in the air, but slowly it'll trickle down onto the floor, okay? That's just that's just science. Um so yes, it is sports, but we're slowly seeing where things can come back in certain states. Stay at home is here. Stay at home is a lot of places, but a lot of these hotspots are in these major cities. And thankfully for the PGA Tour, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're starting uh, someplace out west. I don't know exactly where, um, but I believe they're starting, they're starting in, the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the warmer states down south and uh and not in a in a in a in an infected area or hot spot if you will as as they they say it now tyler your thoughts uh it's gonna go back to the same thing i said last week if you can do this the if you could do this the right way if you can do it and ensure the safety of everybody who needs to be involved everywhere right. everybody from the number one golfer on the tournament to the cameraman if you can ensure that every single person that needs to be in attendance is going to be safe and okay, go for well, it. Well, that's the whole thing. Well, that's the whole thing. And basically the problem is, and this is, and this is something that I know, you know, I know, I know Nick's going to say this too, but one person, one league had to take that leap because it was, it was going to happen at a matter of time. And the problem is, is that, 
if you all come out at the same time, there's going to be mass chaos. If you're going to all come out at the same time, because then someone, because someone's going to get reinfected and then it could be a whole thing. Now I'm sure. Someone needed to be the first. Sorry? Someone needed to be the first to do it. Right. Exactly. So golf, golf, I guess was, but exactly what we've heard before is that you'd rather the outdoor sports and especially golf because golf, tennis, where you are more than six feet apart, those are the, those are the sports that are going to slowly come back. And most likely, we'll see a humongous boost in money, in revenue, because that's going to be like the Super Bowl. This is, again, at, boost in revenue without anybody in attendance. No, 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 I'm, no. I said this is going to be, I forgot to add a period. This is going to be like the Super Bowl. It is, a it is a massive event, most watched. And I think that the first event in golf, I don't care what sport you like or you don't like, if it was WWE, if it was UFC, if it was a dog show, everyone will be watching because this is a historic event that you most likely will not see for the rest of your life or potentially for generations to come. Debatable. This is you could cancel everything else on television and I wouldn't watch golf. And that's fine. But I guarantee but I guarantee you the other 325 million people in this country are going to say, well, this is a historic event. No, they're this not going to really say is. this is a historic event. It they're is. going to turn around and No, they're going to turn around and go there's nothing else to watch. I might as well. I don't right. have much. Exactly. Support. Exactly. So that's right. So that's what I'm saying. There's nothing else to watch. It, so, it, it makes it, there's nothing else to watch. It's a last resort option, but it does. Yeah, but it doesn't, yeah, but it doesn't matter though. But the, but the good thing though, for the PGA tour is that that's the only thing that's on. So their ratings are going to go through the roof and on top of it, it's going to make money for them. That's exactly how it is. And on top of it, Looks like, well, I don't know. I don't know the, the, the financial terms. I don't know the, the, not only that, the insurance issues with, God forbid, if someone gets sick. I'm sure, obviously, if someone gets sick, everything gets put on hold. Everything, it, it all rewinds back to, you know, the way it was here in March where everything is shut down. I don't know how it's going to work. But all I could say is, is that me personally, someone had to take the leap of faith. And here it was the PGA Tour. It's a matter of time. You can't, you cannot come out regardless of where you are. And in our state, we are told to stay home until May 15th. Okay. So then you're going to have other golfers with a few, with, with TV towers that you're going to have Jim Nance all the way up in the booth. You're going to have Dottie Pepper on the, on, on the greens. Okay. And Sir Nick Faldo up there as well. And it's, there is nothing that can be done the only thing that you have to do is you have to slowly open things up you can't you can't open it up so wide that when it when it all comes crumbling down then we're going to be in even worse problem that's why i commend the pga tour for trying something and if the players are on board i just spit all over my computer if all the players are on board if there's financial stuff that's there that are in favor of them kudos to them i think anyone else any, any thoughts cares. let's go move on nobody likes golf so so no one likes golf but you still don't think that this is that this is big for the world 
Absolutely not. No, it hasn't even started yet. Let's see if it works. Well, in, so, so I'm saying in June, we don't think that this is going to be an event where, I don't know, there's nothing, there's no baseball, there's no sports in the world. If you put this golf is- back on TV, people are going to talk about it until the second another sport comes out, and then that golf event never happened because it's golf. Nobody it doesn't cares. matter. It doesn't matter. Guess what? A lot of people like golf. Maybe not you because you're a hockey guy. You're a WWE guy. Guess what? I, I don't like WWE. I don't like WWE. Let me tell you something. You say WWE is, you know, whatever. Well, guess what? To me, golf is whatever. So it doesn't matter. You, 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 so we can agree to disagree about golf. I'm it's not just, saying that you're wrong for your opinion. I'm just saying that nobody likes golf. Well, no one likes WWE then. Do. No one likes WWE. That's fine. That's your opinion. I have no and, problem with And that's your opinion about golf. I don't like WWE half the time. Say, sometimes the product sucks. What do you want me to tell you? 11 minutes past where we said we were going to go, and we still have the same viewers. Wow, those viewers, you guys, I swear to you, and I think the three of us need to thank those five viewers for sticking into that horrible argument. Yeah, they're um, pretty I'm sorry? They're pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Nick's Nick's yawning uh, again, but um, it's all the yeah. golf talk. No, say, it again. <laughs> say it again. It's all the golf talk. I will right, right. come back on. I'll never have trouble sleeping again. There you go. Nothing um, like watching a fifty-year-old man walk around for an hour and then finally tap his ball three feet. It's all right, but it, but he's but he's making a lot more money than the three of us combined. Um, so now now we look at now we look at uh, the New York Islanders, and this this talk could take the next eighteen minutes, and that's completely fine. Um, but it's finally happening. Uh, Islanders draft choice goaltender from the KHL Continental Hockey League in Russia. Ilya Sorokin will be signing his contract in 13 days, less than two weeks, one week and six days, ladies and gentlemen. Those Islanders fans that are watching and listening, Ilya Sorokin will be your new goaltender next year, most likely. Uh, Or will he be the backup? Tyler, Nick, let's hear it. Nick, go ahead. All right. Um, We'll have to see next year. I think he's definitely going to be an Islander, but we don't know if he's going to even be on the team. He could very well start in the AHL the way Igor Shesterkin started this year. A lot of guys coming over from any European or Asian teams have to adjust to rink size. So he might be better off playing in the AHL for a month or two early in the year, get his bearing straight, get some time with the Islanders legendary goalie coach and director. So to get himself acclimated before throwing him into the fire. We've heard whispers, we don't know how true they were, that he basically said outright, I'm not going to the AHL when I come. Right. So we don't know exactly how it's going to play out. But we could see him in the AHL to start the year, and the Islanders bring in a different backup goalie to begin with. I don't think he'll be the starter right away. I think that is a definite. It'll definitely be Varlamov's net. Probably somewhat of a timeshare, but it'll be Varley over Sorokin until he proves himself to be an elite goaltender. But I really think if they can convince him to start in the AHL, that's probably the smart move. Let him make his mistakes down there. Let him get used to things being a little different. It'll only be a month or two. It's not going to be the whole season. And then bring him up when he's ready. He's kicking butt. His confidence is high. He can come up and dominate right away instead of having to learn and adjust and get beat up a little bit in the NHL before having to figure everything out on the fly. Yeah, and not only that, too, but you also look at, you also look at um, 
even though Ilya Sorokin will be coming and he will be, um, you know, a New York Islander officially, uh, 78th overall uh, draft choice in the 2014 draft. Um, it's, it's very good to see that, you know, he's coming finally. Um, there were obviously the rumors that Tyler, well, I'm sure will address in a few moments. Um, I don't know if they were rumors. I think they were actually legitimate, uh, I guess, problems that he had with the previous, the previous administration with, uh, with Garth Snow um, being, being a part of it. He was drafted by Garth and, uh, and Jack Capuano and that whole crew. Um, the Scooby-Doo crew, the Flintstones crew, rather. Um, but it's just, it, it, it's mind-boggling because now you're going to say to yourself, well, we could potentially have Igor Shosturskin versus Ilya Sorokin. This could be the whole new thing. But hold on a second. This still is Semyon Varlamov's net. And yes, he, he's not, he was not Robin Lanner from, from a year ago. But now, exactly what Nick said, he has to get he has to convert now to an NHL sized rink and his demands when he said, I'm not going to the AHL. I don't know how that's going to really work out for Lou Lamarillo, who is a, 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 a general manager, a Stanley cup winning general manager three, three times. And then with obviously Barry Tross doesn't really have a say in this, but with, with the new ownership and the new general manager slash president, I don't see how that's going to work. Tyler, let's hear it because I see it written all over your face. First of all, in what jurisdiction would Barry Trotz not have any say in his own roster? No, 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 no. No. Okay, then you know what? Then my mis- then then I then I mis- then I I didn't say it correctly. I'm talking about whether he will be able to Sorokin, that is. Will Barry Trotz be in that room when Sorokin says to says to Lamarillo, I'm playing in the NHL only. Yeah, absolutely be in that room. There's no, it's his roster. It's one of his guys, whether he's going to start in Bridgeport or he starts with the big club. He's obviously going to want to know what's going to happen with his guy right then and there, not an hour or two after when he's, you know, an hour or two after they make all the decisions and it's probably already out on Twitter and social media for everybody else to see. I'm sure the last thing, obviously, he wants is to find out when the fans find out. So if you, if anybody thinks that Barry Trotz isn't going to have any say or even be in the meeting with these two when it happens, whether it be on Zoom like we're doing or even over a phone call, you're insane. Um, going back to what Nick was saying, um, it's very hard for me to put the professional person and the uh, fan in two separate bodies right now because uh, – the fan has uh, been waiting six years for this guy to get over here and wants him to play the second he gets here. But the other guy, obviously, you know, the professional side knows that uh, he's got to obviously uh, figure out, you know, playing on a different size rink, um, learning a system, obviously. Um, it's, I think one of the biggest tells on where he's going to end up playing is going to be, the contract he receives. Um, obviously, if he's getting a big money contract, because you, as we all know, Lou doesn't like to hand out years. He'll hand out a lot less years with more money if he has to, to get you, I guess, what you're looking for. Um, because if I'm correct, I don't think, with the exception of Ilya Kovalchuk, he's never handed out a deal over six years. 
Correct uh, me if I'm wrong. Uh, I think I think Anders Lee was seven. Seven. Okay, so Anders Lee was seven as well. Um, but again, but Anders Lee, you know, as much as I don't agree with other things, and we'll get into that another time. Um, he's, he's still got a fairly low deal compared to what another team might have given him. Uh, I feel like he had a fair number. I don't think he would have got that much more on the open market. I really don't. He wasn't. Uh, I don't think he would have gotten much more. But there, I can think of a couple of teams that would have given him a, a little bit more. Well, there uh, was also well, there was also the rumor. Uh, we're talking about Andrews Lee, correct? Yeah. This is yeah. This is there were also the rumors last year where Chicago was going to hand out that eight million dollar deal for him. I believe, right, Nick? I well, that's what they want. They wanted to give him the same deal, except an extra million per year. Right. Yeah. So, and, and if that was a rumor, if that was whatever, well, he talked his way up and, and don't forget last year was also the year uh, in college basketball where, where you had coaches uh, potentially on the move and they were basically, you know, there were the rumor mill, the, the rumor mill was hot and it was, you know, they were working up their, their, their price. And that's, that's kind of, I remember, I think I said this last year is that I felt almost like Anders Lee and his camp was kind of doing that, but that's just a sidebar. Go ahead. Well, you know, another one of those things that pro- I would have to, I think you'd be a crazy person to not think it doesn't play into it, but the fact of the team themselves, it's a bad look for them if they lose two captains two years in a row. So in a way, Andrews Lee, you could almost say he kind of had them right where he wanted. He had them cornered if he wanted to, where uh, it was either you don't have to pay me all the money, but, uh, you know, you, you're going to look a little stupid when two captains walk on you back to back. Um, other than that, Sorokin, yeah. I don't think it ever got to that point, though. He seemed to make it clear from minute one after it was signed that he never wanted to go anywhere, and he wasn't even listening to those Chicago offers. They were coming in, but he was like, oh, oh okay, I'm waiting to see what happens with Panarin to see what right. I do with Long. It was like, I don't think he ever even cared. He made it clear right. to agent he didn't want to go anywhere else. Like, the, I don't think really any pressure was felt anywhere because I think he basically told the Islanders, I'm coming back. I just want to see how much you can give me based on what you're going to have available. Exactly. Right. Right. Uh, anyway, going back onto Sorokin, the only reason I brought up Anders Lee obviously was to talk about the contract, but like I said, obviously the, you know, I feel the more money, the more money and the more term you see Sorokin get right off the bat is going to determine um, how long he's going to play AHL games. If he plays AHL games, which I, it's for him to not play um, a month uh, in the AHL uh, would be, they, they must know something about this guy that we don't, that he's been doing like a private workout somewhere or something. Um, also, you know, can, can, you know, consider the preseason where uh, with the exception of split squad games, he should be in net every game. There's no exception. You know, the guys, the few, you know, the, the, this is the guy you want for the future. Obviously, if you have a split squad, he can't be in two buildings at once. He should be in the net for every preseason game. You need to do everything you can to get this kid ready. Especially also, and and also and also you you're would you and this is this is this is this is a question that I think that I think I would do as a general manager. God forbid Sorokin falters or if he he's not ready. Maybe with Thomas Grice being a UFA comes July first. Um, do you re-sign him? Do you re do you re-sign another veteran? Pro- I mean both are going to be whatever a veteran or Grice are relatively going to be cheap. Um, I think the ship has sailed on uh, Thomas Grice's time on Long Island, uh, especially not because he's not because he's bad, not because he hasn't done anything here and not even because of Sorokin, but 
the level he's been playing here, he's going to demand a little bit more than what he's making right now. Right. And it makes sense to dump, um, you know, that money into that, that much money into three goalies alone, <clears throat> you know, cause Sorokin's that Sorokin's going to get paid. Now I don't want to say paid, but he's going to get a sizable chunk of change. I don't think that's how it works. I think he technically gets an entry level contract being, he hasn't played for us yet. I don't know if it's the full three year one that, most guys get because he's I'm, been. I'm not sure what it is, I but the only thing he gets something weird where it might be a one-year entry-level contract first before he becomes an RFA. But so it's still he might one not of have the, leverage to get big money. Well, you have to also prepare for the term too, because whatever his entry contract is, whether it be a year at this point or whether it be the full three years at this point, you it's the same thing. You have to prepare <clears throat> to have money ready for this kid, especially like I said, you have money dumped into five goalies in the, in your system and that's just Bridgeport. Then you have Grice and you have uh, Barlamov and then you're going to have whatever is going to come off the books with Sorokin. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to pay Grice. Uh, he, if I'm correct, he's making 3.33 right now per year. And this yeah. is the last year of that deal. Yeah. Uh, he he's gonna want four four and a half, and it just doesn't make that much sense to dump money into a second, possibly third string goalie. I, uh, I think I think personally that I think that's reaching at at he's gonna be thirty or let's see he's he just turned he just turned thirty four on January twenty sixth or sorry January twenty ninth, and he's gonna command between four and four point five. Tyler, I've I, I have heard absolutely. I've heard, I don't think so. He's uh, but, and, he's but who's going to give it to him? He's half the reason. Any, anybody who desperately needs a goalie, look well, at your own team in San Jose. They they have no idea what's going on with their own goalies right now. Both San Jose. Well, San Jose is four or five million to play with. Yeah, well, they, well, they, they, but, have, they don't have thirty cents to play with. That's yeah, the thing. Well, last year we saw the goalie market dry up very quickly. The Islanders were the only ones to give up big money to a goaltender. A lot of the goalies that we thought were going to get paid, Robin Leonard had to settle for a one-year deal. So. Price is on Leonard's level, so right, and that's probably and, not going to see him get a big deal unless there's a special spot out there that's a perfect fit that's looking for a goalie and is willing to give him the money. Right, and there's still teams out there that need a goalie and they're willing to make a stupid decision to do it. No, I know, but the problem also is too, and this is another thing too that this pandemic has caused too. Originally, the uh, the salary cap was between I think it was eighty four and eighty eight million dollars. It was going to go up a, f- a few million dollars. I don't know. I don't know how that how that will be affected. Um, I'm hearing whispers it'll probably be a flat cap, and it's not going to go up next year because of this. Right. So it'll probably it'll probably go up this season and next season it wouldn't get touched. No, I heard that literally next season's cap could be the same. Oh, so oh, okay. No, I misunderstood you. But yeah, yeah no, they they might have to. Flat, year. What happened was the last time this happened, they had a flat cap. I think because the lockout or something. There was some yeah. other situation where this happened, but they gave teams an amnesty type of buyout where you can pay the guy two-thirds of his contract over double the amount of years he has left, but it doesn't count against your cap. So they may do that kind of thing where every team doesn't get more salary cap space, but they can basically cut somebody and just have to pay them the cash and not have to worry about the cap ramifications of it. So teams might be able to create cap space that way, but I don't think the cap itself is supposed to go up. These are all just whispers for now. Nothing's been confirmed. If they end up being able to play the playoffs, it might get them some more TV revenue or something, and it might make the cap go up a little, because that's really what it all comes down to is the revenue they make goes into how much they have to give the players and how the CBA works. But we're going to have to see. I think what the Islanders are going to do for their goalie situation is 
if they truly believe Sorokin is going to be on the NHL roster from day one, and they probably know this by now. They've been scouting him forever. They know by now what they're going to try and do with him. If he's going to be on the NHL roster, they're not signing any other veterans. They'll have Christopher Gibson in the AHL. He'll be their third goalie, and everything will stay the same. If they think there's a possibility they'll keep him in the AHL, they'll probably sign somebody on a two-way deal, the best goalie they can get that can hang in the NHL for like a month or two and then be able to be sent down afterwards because they're not going to sign Grice because he's not going to take a deal like that. It's going to have to be a lower-level guy who's a borderline NHLer who they might be able to get on the cheap for a one-year deal that they can send down when Sorokin's ready. It's not going to be a veteran name. It's not going to be a big-name guy. It's going to be somebody more like a Jared Corot, who I think was in their AHL team this year, who's had some NHL games, who would be capable of holding it down for a month with the good goalie staff that they have. That could work. But they're not going to bring in Grice. Grice is done. And I think it has everything to do with Sorokin. Oh, 100%. Coming back. Tiptoe around it. It's, it is Sorokin. Yeah, so uh, he's been admirable. He's been a great goalie. What has he played four seasons now with the Islanders? He had the yeah. original. Uh, who, Grace? Yeah. Uh, yeah, four. So he won in the playoff series, the first one in forever. He yep. had to take over for a lock after he got hurt that year. He was amazing. Yep. He's been basically good every year besides the, Capu- uh, the Doug Wade disaster year where everyone looked terrible defensively. Right. But every other year, he's been a trooper. He's a great citizen. Everything has been great. And he'll be, and, and he'll be loved on Long Island, that's for sure. I heard about Sorokin. One of the first things I text to people is, like, I feel bad for Grice because he basically saw that news and was like, all right, this is the end of that. And he's, he's the odd man out. A solid professional, steady goaltender. This past year he was a little amp, but even then his numbers were good. It was just the high standard that had been set wasn't being reached. Yeah. So exactly, exactly what, what, what both of you said. Uh, again, we still, we we still have our viewers here. We cannot, cannot thank you guys enough for still, uh, for still maintaining your, uh, enthusiasm, uh, with, with the, with the three, the three, let's call us stooges, I guess. Um, now Tyler actually put in here. Um, I didn't even realize this until he texted me this earlier today. Uh, big news out of Winnipeg. Uh, Dustin Bufflin's contract, uh, defense, de- defenseman, excuse me, defenseman, Dustin Bufflin, uh, his contract has been terminated. Now, I just want to throw in this, this little fun fact here. He is the last Atlanta Thrasher that came over from or was originally drafted by the Thrashers in Atlanta was traded to, or I believe, or sorry, was, no, no, that's terrible. I'm sorry, no. But, no, I'm, I'm thinking of Andrew Ladd. Okay, this is. We fire is, him. Yeah, we just, yeah. <laughs> we just. It's a good thing. It's a good thing it's 759. Um, yeah, so his contract is, is, is terminated. That was, that was terrible. Uh, again, good thing we still have a minute left. His contract was terminated. That's big stuff. Tyler, where does he go? Does he go anywhere? Uh, if I was the GM, I wouldn't touch him. You know, for when you when you open when you come out right away, and uh, you know, one of the first things you tell the press is you uh, just couldn't find the passion to play anymore. Uh, that's kind of automatically a red flag uh, that you're going to come to practices or warmups or whatever it is, and just not want to be there, have a poor attitude, uh, just basically there to collect your check and go home. That's not something I would want to touch. Um, I think any reasonable GM right now wouldn't go anywhere near him. That's just my personal opinion. Well, I think that was the whole point of this, is that he doesn't want to play anymore, that this basically means he's going to retire. 
I heard that he went to the GM of the Jets before this past season started. And this whole thing started with him telling the GM, I don't think I want to play anymore. I don't think I can because of my body. It was a combination of both. He ended up sitting out basically the whole season. And the whole dispute is just basically about how much of his contract he's owed. He never officially retired or anything. So it was a very odd scenario. And they finally just mutually agreed to just scrap the contract. He doesn't get the last year of his deal. He doesn't get any of the money that he could have gotten from this season. It's all just thrown out. I think he's just basically going to retire. I don't think he wants to play anymore. He's been a very physical player for a long time. His body's got to be killing him. There's got to be a lot of injuries that he's had to yeah, fight he's through. Dude. He's taking a beat. And also, and also, thankfully, it does not affect uh, the Jets' cap hit either, which is uh, which is fantastic. It just it's a complete wash, and uh, and they still have about three point five million dollars in cap space um, as of today. If uh, if the season was still going on, uh, so just uh, one more quick update. It is eight oh one. Our show has concluded, but a couple of updates here. Um, the WNBA draft is tonight. Uh, the one of the best. Say it again. Started at seven. INSC yes. got drafted by the Liberty. There you go. Uh, one of the best, one of the best, if not the best, um, the best uh, women's college basketball players of all time. Sabrina Ionescu, uh, point guard from Oregon, was drafted by uh, the New York Liberty. Uh, don't forget also uh, NCAA news. Butler has landed South Carolina transfer Jair Bolden. That's big news for the Big East. Um, also, uh, something that, uh, Tyler and I will be discussing, Nick will be, uh, working on Thursday night. Um, the Jets are showing interest, uh, in free agent cornerback Logan Ryan. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, so Tyler and I will be hosting a, uh, a special on Thursday night, which will be, uh, a little bit off of our regular programming. Uh, we will be hosting Thursday. Time is still to be determined. Uh, but then the three of us will be back here on Saturday, another time to be determined. We will get to we will get that to you uh, via Twitter. Also, our uh, our website www.easternobserver.com. Please do not forget uh, to check it out and make sure uh, that you are kept up to date uh, with everything the Primetime Rundown, uh, Blackjack Media Networks, and the Eastern Observer. So again. For uh, for Nick Partain and our newest sheriff in town, Tyler Adele, I'm Joey Jarzinka, and uh, I had to I, I had to kind of redeem myself after uh, after a horrible horrible close here on episode number 22. So for those that were listening, and for those that will never tune back, I'll have to win your trust back. So long, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>